Hey, what's good? What's going on? This is Reflections of a DJ, a.k.a. The Road Podcast. Um, uh, this is DJ Crooked. I got DJ Neville with me. Yo, what up? I got DJ D. Miles. Good afternoon. Um, Jamie the Great is unfortunately here. Actually, fortunately, Jamie the Great <laughs> isn't here. Uh, he's uh, on his birthday tour in L.A. But we got a special uh, guest. We have two special guests, uh, a special co-host. Moby. <laughs> Yeah, which would be uh, <laughs> Moby's here, aka Moby or the guy from Six Flags. <laughs> uh, yes, right. <laughs> two, two good-looking men, right? The there. dancing, the dancing. Yeah. What is it? The <laughs> dancing. <laughs> 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 I already have him on my hands. Now I, I will, I will never look at Eddie again and not see that guy. <laughs> we got uh, the homie uh, DJ Eddie McDonald over here, and we right. have a very special guest, tri-state legend. Yes, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> we got the tri-state legend here, uh, DJ Scribble in the fucking house. Hey. Thank you, man. Yay. I don't want to limit you to just the tri-state. You just I mean, did, though. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just told me I'm like a tri-state. Okay, I was like Jersey. Like he's, no, 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 no. Like he's local. <laughs> like I'm a local. <laughs> no, no. I'm not trying to treat you like Q and Juice, you know what I'm saying? No, you ain't local. This international... World famous. What is Mo Green MTV say to Michael stars, in, in, in Godfather? I was I, was ba- <laughs> I, I, I made was my bones when you were still b- uh, banging cocktail waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> Two at a time. <laughs> nah, man, I mean, that was a horrible intro, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, can, can I redo it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we got to move on. It's, I'm sorry. Moving man. on. But, uh, <laughs> but, yo, thank you so much for being here, man. No, thanks for having me. I know you got a flight in a, in a few hours, but. We appreciate you coming through and sitting down with us, man. No, I heard a lot. I, Eddie tells me all about this, and I've seen a few of them, and they're fun. It's a good time, so I yeah, wanted yeah. to do it. Yeah. Good and then Scooter, out, big up to Scooter out in San Diego. He hit me up, too. He's like, you going to go do a podcast tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I'm already working on doing it, bro. Oh, dope, dope. <laughs> so he yeah, put yeah. it out there, too. So, yeah. Oh, nice, nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, we were, you know, me and Never been and D been talking about it for a minute, and I just kind of want to get into it, and then we can kind of yeah. roll through your whole history and your insane I resume, do have a flight you know? at four. So. Okay. We're going to rush through it. But I definitely want to touch on this new Funk Flex and Kickapri beef that's going on and how you got kind of dragged into this. I, I did get dragged into it. But not, I, not really dragged into it. Let me not say that. I mean, listen, I'm really cool with Kid Capri. I'm cool with Flex, right. you know? Mm-hmm. I'm friends with Kid, you know? And um, when the whole thing started, I mean, you know, between him and Flex, you know, like I kind of played like the Don King part a little bit and was stirring the pot a little bit. But how, how did it start? You know, it's just that Flex claims to be the king of the yeah. city and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there was some stuff going back and forth and... You know, kid kind of like, you know, said, hey, let's battle. You know what I mean? And this is how it all started. And then he kind of sent a, a text to Flex. Yeah. And then Flex ended he up posting that text. On G. Yeah. And then that's really what set off the whole thing. But, you know, what I don't like right now is just the, the constant bickering back and forth. Like, we're DJs. Mm-hmm. So shut the fuck up. Battle. Answer the call. Yeah. Win, lo- win or lose. Exactly. But the yeah. thing is, is, and, you know, Flex knows he can't beat Kid. Mm-hmm. There's just no shot on turntables. Straight up, hands down, he will get waxed. Yeah. You know, and no, no disrespect to Flex. He's accomplished what he's yeah. done for radio and hip hop radio, yeah, and what he's done for the city of New they're York. Both legends, legendary, and yeah. un, and un, mm-hmm. it will never be duplicated. Mm-hmm. There's hands down what he's done for the car game. Flex has done so much. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, for hip hop and hip hop culture. But what we're talking about right now is you're a DJ. You got called out. Mm-hmm. Battle him. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or just say, "Yo, I, I can't, me- I can't fuck with you. You got me." But you, he can't do. He'll that. He'll never do that. He can't. But you're still running around claiming you're the kid, and you're gonna hide behind the microphone, 
and just talk shit about everybody and start going back and forth and then it gets personal I, that's not what this, this isn't this isn't love and hip hop we DJs battle each other yeah yeah and people want to see it yeah and if he doesn't he loses like you know what I mean and the streets are watching and they see that but so what happened was I was actually on the plane coming here mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden my phone starts going nuts like yo Flex just threw darts at you he, it wasn't really like he threw anything I mean he just was like scribble stay out of it or I'm coming for you next you don't want that smoke <laughs> so it's like well, how were you stirring the pot how were you instigating it I was man? just I, I, I made a um, a post to him like yo answer the call will Funk Master Flex answer the call the streets is watching the mm-hmm. streets want to know yeah. And just shit like that Never disrespected him Not once And I wouldn't I have no reason to Yeah You know um, You know I came up with Flex it hot You know mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. Um, But when he called me out Like that I was like um, Yeah well You're not battle ready And you're not set up for that So why would you Throw my name in that Like that So It, it really was nothing But I did tell him But if you'd like to battle No problem I'll battle you On your own set Blind With one arm, am- arm Amputated <laughs> And and I won't get on the mic one time, and I will annihilate your life. Shit, <laughs> like it, it, as, as a DJ, I, I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's, I'm talking straight up DJ skills for party, skills. Party rocking. And all that's that, all yeah. I'm talking. In any style of music, on on a controller, on a knob mixer, I don't care what it is. Just bring it. I'll do it. Yeah. Shit. It, it genuinely looks like. But I, Kid but Capri doesn't like funk though. Like no, that's not true. He it has. It, they both have very much respect. And there's love a, for each there's other. like there seems but like there's getting, an animosity. It, like it built up. Yo. Now it's built up, and, yeah. and it's um, it's great for hip hop. But but let the turntables. But talk. is it great for like the Instagram story? No, like, that's not good for hip hop. Yeah, See, that's yeah. where it's wrong. Like that's not where the battle should be. The battle should be in a club. And and people pay money to see it. Put mm-hmm. up money against each other and battle for the battle for the, the king. Right, it's like what you that's said. That's all before. I'm saying. If you don't go that route, then it starts to get personal. It festers and then it becomes personal and it gets kind of funky on. Right, I like I said, media. I love Funk Master Flex. But if you ever called me out to battle, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm right away, I'm challenge. You challenge me, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. I just think the we don't lose. If I lose, I lose. I'm still not gonna turn down to you. This is hip hop. Yeah, exactly. I think the Instagram stuff that Kid Capri is doing, and I love Kid Capri. Like that's like probably like. You know my idol growing up as a DJ, but the way he's been just the 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 videos he's been posting <laughs> and the shit he's been doing, <laughs> With I the just think it, I think it kind of makes the kids. It makes like you know like like we're all grown. I mean these motherfuckers are real grown. I mean they're OGs. So like when they're acting like. How the the mumble but rappers and the kids are we, acting, but are we grown? No, we're big kids. That's what we kids, are. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And he, he's just mad because he's the same age as them. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And you know, but I just don't look it. I look much better than the both of them. But don't you think the kids kind of see it like, yo, these motherfuckers? Why are they acting like this, man? Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And that's what I said. I think what went on on the radio the other night, and I think what's going on on Instagram is, is stupid. Like, just if you're gonna do it. Do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't talk bad about each other and start dissing and go personal on Kid or Kid go personal on, on Yeah, Kid on was funk. like knocking down like plaques <laughs> the, on the, the wall and yeah. shit. Oh, that was, that, was that, that didn't look good. That, that was the worst <laughs> one to post. It, 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 you know, it's just, you know, because, like, because he, kid, kid is a certain way, like he's got a lot of pride, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't blame him for being hot right now because yeah. Flex started getting personal, 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 but you got to have that control and be able to control that. And then just focus your energy. Yo, show up at the next spot Flex is at. 
get on the set and battle yeah. them right there. Boom. Just that's how I do. it's like. Yeah. But Kid, Kid Capri right now is like Clubber Lang coming after Rocky in Rocky Three. <laughs> hey boy, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, which is a good thing. Like I want to see this battle, and I think all of New York wants everybody to see wants this battle. See this shit. And this thing is now transcended to the entire states, and everybody in the country is talking about it. Uh, bring them here to Vegas. Put the bookies on it. Michael Make Buffer. It, let's go. Yeah. I'm Don King. Let's do it. But you know, but like you said, Flex doesn't have a chance with Kid Capri. No, no, in my shot. opinion. I don't mind the social media because I feel like there's it's a cool generation. The there's a generation yeah. of kids that don't know who they are, so it's shedding light. Like, That's true. They That's might want to like, oh, who is this kid Capri? Who is Funk Flex? And they like, they're are both, finding out they're who they both are. Both have accomplished so much. That's like, their language. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. whatever people, you know, because I saw all the comments on my, oh, Flex is this. Oh, you're, you don't dis Flex because Flex has accomplished what no other DJ in radio has accomplished, yeah. and he worked his ass off yeah. to do that. That's hands down. There's no no second guessing that. There's no questioning that. What he's done for New York radio, and he set the bar so high that everybody copied him in radio and what he does in radio. Th uh -huh. That's a fact. Yeah. You know, as far as party rocking, that's kid. You yeah. know what I mean? And and the mic work and that. You know, he was kid was doing that way before anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean? Obviously before him, Hollywood and all these other guys. But kid really owned the streets and owned the mixtape game and owned what he did and made records and he travels all over the world and Flex just is in New York doing radio. Right. So that's where the beef kind of started and the animosity's going. Yeah. And, you know, when you're claiming to be the king of the city, but then you won't back it up, that's the only problem I have. Yeah. Back it up. Whether you lose, you're still going to be Flex. Right. You know what I mean? But, but the, don't, don't, don't hide behind the mic at the radio. There's right. always been like a, a kind of like not a beef, but there's always been like a judgment, though, between club DJs and radio DJs that radio DJs can't do clubs. That, but Flex can't. I've, listen, yeah. I watched Flex turn out the tunnel. I've watched yeah. Flex yeah. turn out home base back in the day. Flex, Flex. He back, can do the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? It's just it's a tough situation because he's in his own lane at what he does. Uh -huh. And kids always been in a bunch of different lanes at what he does. He's is a party rocker. He has been on the radio is Production. on the radio on Sirius XM on fly. Right. You know what I mean? He does make records. You know what I mean? He's a global DJ. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Flex has a global name just because of radio. Right. But you're yeah. very similar to Kid Capri where Kid Capri's brand has lasted what? Like 30 Plus, Plus years. years. Yeah. And, I mean, I started and, DJing in 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And your brand to this day is continuing to, like, you're still getting booked. You're still traveling. You do out-of-town gigs. Mm -hmm. And all the time. I talk to Neva about this all the time where, you know, back in the day, I guess early, like, maybe in the, like, mid-2000s, we were starting to see, like, DJs retire. Or, like, you know, some of the DJs in New York that were doing some of the clubs, they just felt like, well, we got to move on. We can't keep DJing. And it's one of those things where, like, you're starting to see, like, yo, like, you know, this this don't stop till we want to stop until the right. I'm not stopping until I, I I'll make that decision. That's right. I mean, look at Jazzy yeah. Jeff, look at Kid Capri, look at all, you know, even I'm, Flash, uh, even yeah, Flash, Flash is, still there. Flash is killing it right now overseas. Quest Love, God yeah. bless, um, yeah. Love Bug Starsky, yeah, yeah. Bug yeah. rest yeah. in peace, yeah. 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 yeah, he was yep. still doing this thing. You I know, ripping ass. And to be honest, like, even this new breed of DJs and stuff, they 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 are missing like some of the energy like I, I always tell them like yo we should not be working right now like the the new generation should be like really killing it right killing now. it right now right taking but us well, it seems like there's there's a different focus for the new djs coming up and i was i also well, wanted to ask you about the that. different focus is just that they think they, they get in here and bts though or be this or just make all this money and do festivals and play for hundreds of thousands of people and you know technology is a blessing and a curse 
You know what I mean? You came from turntables and vinyl. You came from, we all come from that, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with evolution and the evolution of technology. I have no problem with Serato, no problem with Tractor, no problem with Rekabox, no problem with a CDJ. You know what I mean? If you're working the equipment and the equipment ain't working you, it's very easy to go on DJ City, download the top 100, and now you're a DJ. Like, that, that you, there's no... The younger kids, unfortunately, are not doing their history and not they're doing not their homework, the music. and they're not studying exactly. the other genres. And they're, you know, the music in general today is this is, you know, I almost sound like my father, like he hated all music, like right. you know what I mean. I'm not hating on the new generation and the new kind of music. I'm hating on the lack of creativity that's in it. Right. That's mm -hmm. what I'm hating on. You know, Kit Capri actually put it best back in the late, you know, early 2000s and the 90s and the 80s. Everything had it was like a, a color palette. You know what I mean? And every group was a different color. Like, you knew if Wu-Tang was on. You knew if Mob Deep was on. You, everybody was, there was distinction. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Now it's just like, who's this? Oh, it no sounds just like this. Oh, <laughs> this sounds just like this. You know, oh, oh it's an auto-tune. Like, I, I, that's great. That's their style. I get it. But this evolve it. Yeah, it's getting watered down. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I guess... We always talk about it. It comes down to like uh, artist development that there There's, are no A and R's no more. So no. then you got a bunch of kids coming up, and they're like, "Yo, that's popping. I'm just gonna do but, what's popping." But we with live that, in a know? generation now, in a, in a time now where you know your A and R is YouTube. Your A and R is you know yeah. finding it online on SoundCloud. You yeah. know what I mean? And you know at the click of a button, you're global. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When we came up, you had to actually go to a record store to buy my record. Are you comfortable yeah. playing the new music nowadays, or you find it? I, I I keep telling these dudes, I think this is the worst summer for club music. <sighs> the, the music is so <laughs> slow and down tempo and lack of energy. There's some songs that I do like. You know what I mean? Like I love J Cole. Loved, like for instance, J, uh, Premier's remix of J Cole '85. Mm -hmm. There is no reason why that record is not all over, especially in New York, all over Hot 97 in regular rotation. But I don't understand so whoever's in charge, like the the of what hit. There's so much good hip hop that's out. New Redman record, banging. You'll never hear it on the radio because I don't know why. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because you know this is. It's almost like cookie cutter manufactured now. You know what I mean? Yo, like I love Redman, but I don't know if I want to hear a new Redman record. No, his new record. Did you hear it? it? No, I haven't heard it. Fire. You know what? Only reason I know this new Redman because I follow him on Instagram. If right. it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even know that man put out a new album. Because nobody's playing this shit. Yeah. Did you hear it now? I haven't even heard it yet. The, I, but love, but if, if, I mean, like, like the I Love Hip Hop one, right? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like when someone when someone tells me, like, yo, there's a new Redman record, I'm kind of like, uh. But if it's fire, it's fire. There's no age limit on this shit. I think I don't know, man. I think there that, might be a little true. age limit. I think there is. I think there is a. a there is a, good music is good music. But I think there's a market that it it, it can hit specifically and then the nightclub i don't know if that's the market that it'll hit does that make sense like no j cole j cole doesn't supply music for the nightclub no, right I, now I, yeah, I, yeah. I get that but but who does the music is it but you, you're a dj the tempo yeah, yeah. is see how quiet i got yeah because that's exactly <laughs> it and nobody dances nobody moves nobody's doing everybody's got their phone up yeah that's all leads to the problem. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm. I, I don't have any arguments so far. It's just uh, you know I feel, <laughs> you know. But um, well, I, D, I think it's D, just so yeah. forced. Yeah. Every, everything's, everything's forced. forced down your throat to sound this way, so that when something comes out that that we would have gravitated to years ago and the club would have popped off to. Yeah. Well, you're not we wrong. 
because like the new Nas record, like the new Nas, I'm I'm not happy with it. I yeah. am happy with his verses and I yeah. like it, but like like uh, uh, yeah, the record's the bomb until. Slick Rick doesn't shut the fuck up in the verse. <laughs> <laughs> like, that beat should be the hook and then let it... Dun, 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 and that's yeah, like a club right. banger. Right. Nas is going to town right. on it. But I'm so distracted by cop, shot the kid, cop, shot the kid, cop, cop, cop. I'm like, through the whole record, I'm like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I killed it for me. And that's See, something I, I don't think that Nas was as bad as... I didn't say it was shit. bad. I thought it was... I, I said this distracting... Mo- like, Adam and Eve, I love. Yeah. Bomb. Love that record. You know what I mean? Like, that's the closest thing mm-hmm. to, to what I wanted to hear right, from a right, Nas. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just, there's a lot of distracting that... Uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Really? Really? Distracting. This is your yeah, show. Like, like speaking of distracting, really? <laughs> <laughs> the level of disrespect that I'm on is, is, is no, crazy but, right now. I'm sorry. You know, it's just, it's just that there's a lot of good cats out there that aren't getting play. And I'm not trying to say, oh, it's got to be boom bap. No, there's a lot of good music out there that... That kid, um, what's his name? Prof from the Twin Cities. Um, he got a new he got a new album out, and I'm feeling his shit. It's so different and so dope, and he's spitting. His hooks are dope. The tracks are dope, and it's just I've never heard him anywhere else on other than my Apple Music. You know, because <laughs> I don't hear him out here in in New York or nothing. But I'm loving it. Like I listen to people that could spit and have content, and you know, this structure, and I like hooks and stuff like that. Like. Mm. The, the records that are coming out, you know, granted, a lot of them have great hooks, but I'm also that guy that wants to hear the verses and what they're spitting and the story they're telling. You know, I speak to my little brother and I speak to his friends and stuff. They don't care. They straight up tell me, we don't care what they're saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I said, like, what? Like, we don't care what they're well, saying. It's been we like just, like just want to smoke blunts and chill, you know? <laughs> we just want to just, like, hear the hook. I'm like... But that's not a song. Like that's this that then don't call it a song. That goes back to what we we're saying. Like there's no A and R. There's no structure, so they don't even know how to create a song. Almost a lot of times, like they're just putting together something for YouTube, and we're just seeing them in the a, uh, what do you call it? Like we just see them in the demo stage of their career where they're just putting out shit just to put it out. Yeah, you were talking about that. So the there's no episode. hook. There's no structure. There's no bridge. There's no, you know what I mean. So like it never makes it past. But this, but you know I, again. But I'm not hating on them. Because yeah. this is what they're into, and then it's an entire multi gazillion dollar industry that they're in that's making money. So mm-hmm. who am I to talk? Right. You know, when we when we came when we were doing off, they, the old school guys were like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" You know, it's it's every generation. It's going to happen. Was but it like was it like that? Like because uh, we me and Nev were talking about young black teenagers, mm-hmm. and that was you know that was at that time. What was that? 90, 89, 89? yeah. I mean, when you guys came out, that was a lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it's like three white kids, right? Named young black teenagers. Five white kids. Five white kids. And they, our first record was called Proud to be Black. <laughs> <laughs> we, I want to talk I, about that. Though. I, wanna, I always wanted to know how y'all come up with the name Young Black Teenagers. Um, we had a bunch of different names. And um, Hank Shockley and Chuck D from Public yeah. Enemy. I mm-hmm. mean, they're the ones that really came up with that name for us. And, you know, we had all sorts of things like angels with dirty faces and different <laughs> things like that we were coming up with. But we wanted to make a statement because at that time, too, I mean, there was a lot of kids in the suburbs listening to hip hop. And mm-hmm. it was, you know... It, was, uh, it wasn't, to us, we were trying to break that color barrier. You know what I mean? And it's no different than what goes on today. I mean, it's the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's worse today than it was then. You know what I mean? But the, yeah, the uh, way everything's going on in yeah. the world. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
we wanted to make people listen and we did and you know we had the the chops to back it up mm -hmm. yeah. you know what i mean and we had the support of public enemy and the bomb yeah, squad yeah. behind us so you know um we we came out and we you know i mean cameron's one of his solo on the first album was daddy call me nigga because i liked it to rhyme i mean yeah. th but this was our real life like you know what i mean i remember having a fight with my father trying to cut off wrestling him. my mind you my father was like 300 pounds at the time mm -hmm. wrestling him trying to cut off my tail while i'm holding all my cotton not my night not the nylons let's get it straight the cotton fat laces which were like god to me all different colors for my and he's trying to cut them and i'm wrestling with him you know what i mean and like because she just didn't like what i was doing and i'm a white kid playing hip-hop i was 14 years old going up to the bronx river projects i want to meet africa bambata alone 14 year old kid you know what I mean? So, you know, you're you from Long Island, right? Queens. Queens? And then I moved to Long Island. Okay, yeah. I and mean, then back to Queens. If that, if, like, hip hop was so small back then, right? It was so centralized and it was so regional. I mean, I thought, I thought it was regional that young black teenagers, between us, we could kind of understand or we could, like, we would want to research and find out what happened. Imagine if a group called Young Black Teenagers came out now. What? It would <laughs> all hell would break loose. It would, Wait, it would what, what, so, so when we did the Barkley show, when we did the UMTV Rap's 30th anniversary, you know, and when I first caught up, came we haven't performed together in 25 years. So when I mm -hmm. called everybody, and we, you know, we all agreed to do it and everything, and then I told everybody we were going to do it. They're like, "Are you crazy? You guys can't put the Young Black down with everybody." And, you know, and I'm like. What? <laughs> like this is the problem with everybody. Like, shut the fuck oh, up. Like, this, if, yeah, if right. you if you make the separation, then there's separation. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know all this racist shit and all this stuff. You know, gays, this, that, there. You're you know you're taught to hate. You're not born a hater. So all of that comes from your, your your upbringings and different things and segregation and, and the separation that we all have. I don't blame Trump. I don't blame the Democrats. I don't blame. It's, I blame the parents and the people that are bringing our children up. That's who you blame first. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. until that shit stops, then it'll never stop. And there'll always be that separation. Mm -hmm. How did you guys link up with the uh, public enemy and the bomb squad? Um, I was friends with Gary G. Wiz. And uh, Cameron was friends with Hank Shockley and stuff like that. So I was... Um, when Gary came to me, he was like, uh, we're putting this group together. Do you know any white MCs? And da -da 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 -da. So I put... Cam, um, I put Firstborn and Tommy Never in ATA, and then they brought in Cameron, and that's how we got together. <coughs> and we, so like, uh, let's let's take it back. But we were we were we were like working for like two years before we even did our first album. You were there. You toured with PE, right? But, uh, yeah, our first time we ever went on the road was the end of '88. It was uh, us, um, Public Enemy, EPMD, um, MC Tragedy, We Papa Girls, and Damn. our first show was wow. in the Docklands Arena. <coughs> in london holy shit and we did our whole show um we had a 13 minute show and we used 27 breakbeats in the show our <laughs> album wasn't even done and we did a whole show off of breakbeats wow, wow. really yeah and the first time we got on they announced us in, in in england and it's like give it up for the young black teenagers and everybody's like <sighs> and then they saw the five white guys walk on and everybody's like what the fuck and then they started booing us throwing shit at us i got hit with a pair of sunglasses i put them on i kept djing i didn't care but then by the time we got to germany we started to see the crowds changing and and then they knew what we we were we had skills and at that time you had to be dope you know if we didn't have the talent and 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 the, the chops dj wise and the mc skills we wouldn't have made it then we made it for a reason because we were dope yeah mm -hmm. it's like did you like when you guys were touring in the states did you guys run into a lot of that shit 
like that, you know? No, nah, I mean, you know, we had to prove ourselves. I mean, we had a lot against us. I mean, it was, even though Public <coughs> Enemy was in our corner, we still had to show and prove. Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. matter, you know? I mean, Rakim said it best in an interview. Like, they, like, I remember they asked him, like, oh, do you have a problem with the with their name? And he's like, I ain't got a problem with the <coughs> name as long as they could back it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was pretty much how it worked. So before we go uh, a little bit more into, like, young black teenagers, I kind of want to go back to, like, you, you were raised in, born and raised in Queens, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then when did you move to Long Island? I like, moved to Long Island. I was, like, 13. 13? Yeah. I mean, what got it's you into DJing, grade. obviously? I seen a kid in the park DJing. His name is Squiggy. I'll never forget it. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I kind of became friends with the kid. And mm-hmm. I'd go to his house every day. And then I finally got my first turntables for my birthday they were slb 100 straight on belt drive with a little rubber band and if you t- pressed it too hard the platter would stop right so mm-hmm. i had to learn to cut on that and be very light-handed and stuff uh, and i had a gli mixer and uh that's how i le- started learning and that, well, how old were you then? 11 like 11 and this is in queens or in, in this was right when i got okay. to in in no queens and then right until okay. Island, at yeah. that time was was there still that shit where like yeah the hip-hop started in queens with mc shan and like all no, that boogie bro, down I, shit? listen i'm from queens hip-hop started in the bronx yeah and i'm from queens and i say it damn well there you go there, there go. you go never <laughs> <laughs> never's from the bronx so we always talk about it. so then you went to long island mm-hmm I went to Long Island, did my first gig um, at Roller Castle when I was 14, and that's how I met Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre Ned Lover. And it was uh, Dougie Fresh, LL Cool J, um, Public Enemy, like before they were even Public Enemy, I and mean, they were still doing their radio show on BAU, on Adelphi University. And I'll never forget, I was literally on the turntables for maybe eight minutes, because I sucked. I was horrible. Were you opening the show? Yeah, I was opening for Dre and them. And then How'd I'll, you get that? My sister worked at, the, at Roller Castle. So I got, they let me do it, and they're like, I literally played maybe two or three records, if that, and I'll never forget, I'm, uh, I was up in the booth, and Dre was on the floor with his setup ready to go, and, and like, I looked down at him, and he looked up at me, and he's like, gave me that look like, one day, kid, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but then, you know, becoming friends with Dre, and if it wasn't for Dre, um, I would have never made, been on Hot 97. I would have mm-hmm. never met Charlie Stetler. I would never have been on your MTV Raps. I owe a lot of that to Dr. Dre. So even from that day, y'all like connected? Y'all got each other's numbers mm-hmm. or what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, I was very young at that time, you know, and being in that circle and always being up at 510 in Hempstead, you know, that's how I met Leaders of the New School and, you know, and, you know, and that whole thing where, oh, you know, they, uh, Hank Shockley wanted us to battle. The teenagers and leaders want—they wanted us to battle for the name leaders of the new school, and we told them, "Hell no, we don't want that. Like, we're not taking their name." But they wanted us to be leaders of the new school, mm-hmm. and we said, "No." That was your original name. They wanted us to battle for the name. And uh-huh. we, did and they want to battle though? Leaders of the new school. They, they would have battled for sure. They would have battled. We decided we didn't want to. We didn't want their name. They were already leaders of the new school. Why would we take your name? Like, mm-hmm. that's so if you guys around. did battle and you took leaders of the new school, were they going to take young black teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so y- y'all, you were cool with like Charlie Brown and all. I those was dudes? dating Charlie Brown's sister. I was pretty much li- living in his house. He didn't like that too much. But yeah, I was dating, <laughs> I was dating um, Charlie Brown's sister um, and Cameron was dating the twin sister this is so surreal <laughs> man this is like crazy they must have hated your guys <laughs> trying to take their names and they're going out with the sisters yo <laughs> young black teenagers too oh, that's really? crazy it sounds like a f- sounds doesn't even sound real so you would just go to the crib 
Yeah. <laughs> was your single out? Or is like still in demo stages? Or you were just like working on the album? Or no, I'm. This was this was like right as the first album was coming out. We were working on the first album. And did uh, and you guys came out before um, Leaders in New York? My sister, my my sister, was it my, my sister introduced me to Sharon, his Charlie Brown's sister. That's how I met her. That's I so don't crazy. even think I knew it was his sister yet. Did you like? Did you know them well, pretty much? L-O-N-S? I was l- pretty much in Uniondale a lot. Did you sense like the? No, nah, like, we never had though. We're all cool. Like, listen to this day. Like, you know what I mean? There's always like if I speak to Dinko or I've spoke to Charlie. I tried for the Yo MTV rap thing, and I wanted it so bad to have leaders of the new school on that stage that day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it didn't work out. But I mean, that that was my plan. Like, I didn't I didn't want just Buster. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is great having Bust, but. From the UMTV rap standpoint, it, he wasn't Busta Rhymes yet. He was still part of Leaders of the New School. Right. So that's why I wanted it, like that or nothing at all. Did uh, did you low-key see the, like, kind of uh, the, like, in- internal beef between Busta and uh, Charlie Brown or not? I mean, I, I w- it, that's family shit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, was th- I was there for a lot of things. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, we were around. We were always together. You know what I mean? When I was at the house, they were there, whatever. We seen each other a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, with young black teenagers, you're in Long Island. How did you go from that one party and evolve into this whole group and all of this stuff? Just you mean from the al- first album to the second album? No, I mean like you did the first party with Dr. Dre and mm-hmm. Ed Lover, and, and then, then how did you do more parties? Did you just started doing? Yeah, yeah I just, just was while well, I was practicing, you know, doing that. I mean, uh, listen, I was pretty much this is like you know '87. I was what 17, 18. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I was in the group right out of high school. You know what I mean? By the time I was 21, I was on tour. So it was basically a group that was, they they were just like, yo, we want like a bunch of white rappers. No, we, it wasn't, we weren't manufactured. No, oh, no it wasn't no. like that. I mean, Firstborn was dating my sister and he could spit his ass off. And Gary asked me if, you know, I knew anybody that, you know, we want to put a group together. So mm-hmm. me, Born and, 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 and Rod were friends. Like we were, you know, were there. And Born was friends with Tommy Never. And then they brought Cam on it. So we, but before we were a group, we hung out. We we didn't go go in and record one fucking thing for our album for almost two years. It was just always being together, rehearsing, you know, putting stuff together, and ch- and, and making sure the chemistry was there. And it had was tap the bottle the second second single? album second, second, second album. album second album yeah oh, okay nobody knows Kelly was the first single I mean the the, oh, the, the yeah second I, re- single. I remember that wow. shit yeah for Mom Kelly Bundy. I don't even know that I just remember <laughs> tap the bottle yo and then she was huge yeah. I mean, how was it with the second? How did the first album do? The first album did very well. I mean, it, you know, to this day, if you listen to it, I mean, it was deep. I mean, if you listen to the subject matter and what we were doing on it, and even the tracks, I mean, it's Vintage Bomb Squad and Eric Sadler and Keith Shockley going nuts. And, the, and then the second album came and then Tap the Bottle. How did that come out? Was Terminator X. Terminator X. X produced Tap the Bottle. Really? Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Wow, shit. I didn't know did that. y'all know that that was going to be a hit? We knew it was special, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we didn't expect it to do what it did. We were on tour with the Brand Nubians in Germany, and <laughs> we crazy. got off We got off tour, we came home, and we had a show at the Palladium, like right off the, pl- off the, the, the plane. Mm-hmm. And we were on tour in Germany for like three months or something, so we had no idea we went number one, you know what I mean? So I'll never forget walking literally from the car into the Palladium onto the stage, and I walked out, and there was 6,000 people in the Palladium, and I turned to the guys, and I'm like, you have no idea what's about wow. to happen. Like, and that's when I knew, like, holy shit, what did we just do? Yo, that was and like, that's when we knew we had a hit record. Like, it was, the, it was surreal to me. 
It was hearing it for the first time on on the radio and stuff like that. It was just like, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you go to like, <laughs> it's funny because we've become one of those cover band records now. Like you'll see like some of these like cover bands, and they'll do tap the bottle, and I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> right into like blur. <laughs> <laughs> so after that album, what happened with you guys? Um, there's a third album. I left the group. There was some, uh, you know, disagreements on where we were going business-wise, where I, uh, where Hank wanted to take it, mm -hmm. and I wasn't for me, so I, I stepped away. And the teenagers did a third album that hasn't come out that we're actually trying to remix and remaster right now. I'm just going to put it out there because it's it's really dope. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I went in just DJ mode, you know, and I, it was a big step because I had no money. I was broke. I was pretty much living in my car. Yeah. You know, I was sleeping on Dre's couch. I was sleeping on Craig Kalman's couch, who's the chairman of Atlantic Records Atlantic, now. Yeah. And I, I got a job at Big Beat working for, for him. And, um, you know, I had no way to live. I used to keep my records in my car, you know, and had an Amigo. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> had an Amigo. And then, um, so this is what, 93? And... Um, I'll never forget, um, Stretch Armstrong was supposed to be do a, a show for New Music Seminar, mm -hmm. and he got sick or something, and he didn't show up or whatever, and they came to me like, yo, Scribble, you, by any chance, do you have your records with you? And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was the first time, the first party, where the in, it was an industry party, so I was let loose in front of nothing but record execs and industry. and you know, like, So that's what got your name on And there. that's what really put my name on the mm -hmm. in there, like, hold the fuck is this kid like you know what i mean so and then i wanted to be on hot 97 so bad i was like come on hot i want hot i want hot and how i got on hot was glenn frischer was doing the saturday night dance party which was all house music yeah and i hated house music back then now i love it i love live for it but um so i got a phone call from steve smith like hey scribs we got a spot for you and i'm like yes i'm gonna get a show on hot 97 i'm gonna get to play hip but you can't play hip-hop I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Glenn Frisch is leaving. We want you to do um, the Saturday Night Dance Party, but you got to play all dance music. So my first night was at the Palladium, live on the radio, and I have DJ Razor handing me house records because I didn't know shit the hell I was doing. <laughs> you know. And then the following week, I was at uh, Wave Street in Staten Island, and this is how I met Anthony Acid because he walks up, and he, he's the, the Guido Guinea bastard that he is. And he's and I'm sitting there DJing. And he's like, he walks up. He goes, who the fuck are you? I was like, I looked right back at him. I'm like, who the fuck are you? He goes, where's Glenn Frischer? I said, he don't fucking work here no more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I met Anthony Anson because he, he he just did, uh, was it, it was either English 101 or Bump. bump I, I think it might have been Bump. Yeah. And then six months later, I ended up moving in with him and we were living <laughs> together and working together full <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, and that's how me and Anthony Acid started together. Um, but I, you know, when I got into house music, they all took me to see Junior Vasquez right after sound. I, I didn't get to go to sound factory, the real sound factory, because I was so one track mind into hip hop junkie land. That's, that's all I listened to. I didn't listen to the real sound else. factory. That was the one 27, mm -hmm. 27, the original right? sound factory. It was what? It was a twi the original twilight. sound factory. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. it, so, 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 yeah. Junior, that had just closed. So Junior was at the tunnel. And he was DJing at the tunnel. Juniorverse, bro. Juniorverse? No, this no. was before, before Arena, before, oh, yeah. and this is before any. This is right a week after Sound Factory closed. Okay. And 
They're like, come on, you're coming out with us. You're going to see this. You're going to see this. And it's like 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, fuck out of here. What are you doing? And then I did, like, you know, some extracurricular activities, I guess, <laughs> that was forced you, you, you upon me. They the, twisted yeah. my arm. Yeah. <laughs> they put a gun and, to your head. And, and like, then yeah, the next thing I know is I'm standing there, and, and and I hear this record come on. Dude, it was Green Velvet. Um, mm-hmm. What was that? I'm oh, losing okay, my uh, mind. Uh, yeah, I know what you What's talking. the name of the record, though? Um, ah! I know what you're talking Good about. Good evening. Yeah. You know, I'd like to introduce <laughs> right. myself. Right. The, uh, the, uh, uh, it's, it's a weird name. But it, uh, Stalker. Stalker. Stalker, yeah. Stalker yes. Uh. And I remember that moment grabbing the pylon in the middle of limelight and turning to, <laughs> to Jason Ojeda going, don't leave me. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember being in the fuzzy room like Puffy and get me to the Greek, just feeling the fuzzy. <laughs> whatever, you know, it was, I was young, was stupid, whatever. But then I went back the next week and stayed totally sober because what I saw, I was like, this is the sickest energy I've ever seen in my life. And then I wanted to be that first DJ to play hip hop and house and do both. And that's kind of how, I guess, open format, my open format brain kind of mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really where it started. You know what I mean? I'm, other people may get credit for it. <laughs> That's where I started playing all the, you know, house and hip hop and then, you know, rock and this and that. And, you know, Riz and DJ Riz as well. Like, you know, we were DJing together, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's when I didn't want to just pigeon myself and I wanted to be a DJ and not just a hip hop DJ or a house DJ or a reggae DJ. I wanted to do it all. Yeah, because you know what? I remember you knowing that you were like one of the first DJs I know to do both house and hip hop at a time when there was only... You was only doing either hip hop mm-hmm. or you was doing house. Yep. But you was doing both. Yeah, and I used and to. You was bring, doing like big clubs also. Yeah, I used to. When I, I mean, coming out to Vegas, I mean, you know, I did raw. You know, raw was you know, legendary out here. I mean, when NYC on the move would yeah, come out here really during you know Memorial Day weekend, the first time I ever DJed at raw, I'll never forget, was inside where the light booth was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you couldn't hear anything. There was glass. And then oh. the next year, they finally put me on stage, but. <laughs> I used Pleasure to have two setups. Right? I used to bring the hip-hop setup, and then I had a setup for house because I had the knob mixes. I had the mm-hmm. Uri. Mm-hmm. And I used to bring that out here myself. So I would do, you know, the, I would do the whole night. You know what I mean? I'd start at 10 and play to like 8 in the morning. I didn't care. When, wow. and, you know, and, and the line literally would go around the casino, you know, out here. Yeah, where well, I used to be. And amazing. at about 2, 3 in the morning, I would be done with all the hip-hop shit, and I'd turn it up and go into all the house stuff and just keep them there. Like, you know what I mean? So that was like... Yeah. How many Did crates ever, was that? I used to bring 13 crates of records. <laughs> you know what? No, oh, I, mean, I was telling them the first... Honest, I used to bring 13 crates no, of records. No, I know. I the first time I met you, you did light. And I swear you had more than 13. You I had like 20 <laughs> crates of well, we had We had to... You know, the booth was so small. And, like, you know, they had the amp room in there, so we had to get stanchions outside of the, de- outside of the entrance to the DJ booth. And we'd set up the stanchions in a half yes. circle. Yeah. And, and then Scribs Records would just be in a half circle. And everybody would be like, why? I was like, because I didn't insane. want, I was like, if I just leave this one record home, I'll be so mad. He only, but he only did it two hours set. Right, because <laughs> I never, well, no, but then I would never play two hours. No, you played for a while. I would uh, play yeah, four, four, four right. five, yeah, six yeah. hours. I, that's what I was known that's what for. That's I think Andy Hirsch was running the club around, I think, the first time that you that's what, that's I never want. I'm even to this day when I look when I see a lot. You know, I'm like, why do you only got me playing an hour and a half? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, I want to play longer. Let me ask yeah. you this: What was the extra baggage that you'd have to tack on to your rate just well, because, for the just be, for the because <laughs> because I was the king of the city at that time? So they the 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 clubs actually paid all that excess baggage. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. the excess baggage was more than our damn tickets. But how much was it? <laughs> It, it was a hundred dollars a, a, a extra a bag. Then, 
Damn. So it was, we would take fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars in excess baggage charges. <laughs> Are you, Are you serious? On you? top of luggage, no, and then luggage and three people traveling. Right. Damn. Right. Holy shit. Did you do babies? Yeah, I did babies. Back at uh, yeah. before the yeah. body English. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw you there. Well, you I did, did body English. English I did body English. Yeah. I did Spearman Rhino when they used to do uh -huh. the after I was there. Yeah. I did yeah. uh, what was Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four. I've done. I I uh, opened up Rain. Yeah. You know, I opened up Cherry. Right. I opened. I mean, yep. I've done every oh, club wow. out yeah, here. Cherry. You used to do Cherry Cookie, right? That was you were a resident there at Red Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, shit. yeah. That was a fun. That was first open. I like yeah. the pool. I used to come. And then I started the pool party out there. And this is before there were pool parties. Yeah. You know, I remember doing Ditch Friday at the Palms. We, that was like the first pool party in Las Vegas, really. When the when it first 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 right. started. It was so early. Yeah, that was yeah, even yeah. before. Was that before rehab? That was way before rehab. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I, I, I uh, used to cover for you. I, 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 I bagged a couple of skanks over there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, I, I kind of want to take it a little bit back. I, I just want to know where you like kind of really learned your chops to like party rock. Was it when you were on tour with young black teenagers? It, you know, it was just being a fan of music, I guess. You know what I mean? But like, like learning to read the crowd and party rock and stuff. It just, just it comes from yeah. I mean, it just come from being in club after club and being in clubs worldwide and knowing the market and knowing. That's why even with today, like I don't have a secure set. Like I just open the computer and like, okay, what am I doing tonight? Like, mm -hmm. I'll know I, what's the first record I'm gonna play. Then I then I kind of take it from there and just read the room. You know what I mean? Because that's really what the key to success with open format is: is reading that room. You know what I mean? And not being afraid to take a risk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's so much music out. You don't have to just play the top freaking 20 hip-hop records or this or that. This Drop older stuff. Don't be afraid to find this mix. Dig and look for this mashup. Like, make your own shit. Like, that's what's going to give you your, your lane. You know what I mean? It's hard out here, and I know because you're all in this room, and I've been part of it too, and certain, you know, clubs are mad. To, oh, this one just came in. Drop this right now. And you're in the middle of a set, but this guy just spent $250,000 in the club or whatever. Yeah. And you got to like, you're in the middle of the sickest set and this guy wants to hear something else. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you got to do it. I, I get it because of where we're at. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's hard out here. And I get it. And, but, and with, with the way the programming is on the radio and with this, it's like, but the, the audience is so trained not to want to hear something they've never heard before. Where it used to be a DJ broke music, mm -hmm. you know, and I still try to do that, you know what I mean? And the way to do that is, you know, you it's it's an old radio form. You just spoon it in between two hit records, you know what I mean? And then take that chance and go in there. But to read a room, it's even when Serato first came out, the problem with Serato is that laptop, and most of these kids is in front of them. So how do you see your dance floor? Mm -hmm. You know, I never put the computer in front of me because... That takes your focus off of what's going out on there. So how can you read the room? You're always in there typing, looking for a record, like, and you can't even see the guy's face in front of you. Scrip, I got a question. When you when you said that a, a large part of how you honed in on your party rocking skills had to do with taking chances, don't be afraid to drop a rock song or drop something old, drop something new. In this current state, I don't. Don't you think that that would be taking a chance? And do you think that the fact that that probably wouldn't go over as well as it did then that it affects a, a, a young DJ's ability to rock parties? I, I yeah, it does. Yeah. But there are also a lot of mashups that everybody's making of the stuff that they're playing, and not play the version that I heard forty-seven times on the right. radio, yeah, that's true. and that's three true. times before the other DJs played before I got on. Right. Right. 
You know yeah, what I mean? No, so, and that's that's what's going to separate you like and make you a better DJ. Of what we would have done, right? Don't play the same record. Like yeah. I'm, I if I hear a record and somebody opens for me and they played it, I'm not playing it again. I just won't play unless I have a sick new mashup of it, and then I'll drop that. So you think production is like a large part of it now? It's become a large part, right? Of it. You know, to to re, you know, being dope doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It don't. It it just doesn't anymore. You know, unfortunately, look in everything. Like you, you had to have raw talent skills to get up behind those turntables or spit on a mic. It's it's more, it's unfortunate, but it's the branding and your marketing, and obviously as a DJ now, your production. You know, the more records you make and the more original stuff that you do, the more you're gonna work because your name is now carrying and associated with music, not just the guy that's playing records. That's why that's why the way it is in in house music and in EDM. I mean. You go to see Tiesto not because he's the greatest DJ. I mean, he's dope. I mean, what he's accomplished. You go to hear him play his records or Calvin Harris play his records. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's why you go. That's why these kids flock to them and they come out with record after record after record they're getting after booked, record. They're getting booked as artists. You know, the first time right. I started hearing that was when uh, I was told how much Fatboy Slim was making when uh, You've Come a Long Way Baby album came out mm -hmm. with like Praise You and all that stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, he's getting hundred thousand dollars because he's getting booked not as a DJ but as an artist. I said, oh my god, that's insane. But there's no yeah. reason why the open format guys and the hip hop guys can't do that yeah, either. There's so much acapellas that are out there now of the all of every record that comes out as an acapella. Right. And it doesn't have to be a twerk mix or it doesn't have to right. be a Moombatone mix. Right. Do something like you right. go on these record pools and it's forty different Moombatone mixes of right. one song. That I'm like, right, like that's that's the problem. It, it, it's just so flat. And you know, and then all the DJs play the set. So you'll play all these Moombatone records in a row. Then you're gonna play all these twerk records in a row. Then all these trap records in a row. And there's just it's just a flat line. There's no peaks and valleys. There's no nothing. Go and take hone your craft as you're doing as a DJ. And you know, there's programs out there now. I mean, it's not that you have to have this big musical ability anymore to to make music come for you know it this the programs will keep you in key and, and tell you what the chord structures are this so which is a good and bad thing because mm -hmm. then again it doesn't let you learn it doesn't make you dig it doesn't make you strive to be the best oh i don't have to do this well i gotta do this bip, 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 and not figure out well why is this in this key and you know <laughs> what what is what is the chord progression this and why is the chord progression doing this right actually, nobody cares about that i actually think there isn't enough acapellas out I was having this problem with uh with uh Rocticon when we, I was like we were talking about mixtapes and we for were working new stuff, on shit you're for new about. shit. Oh, I agree with you there. I oh, did really? the past I think three, five years. Like hey, that's why you see all the DIY the do it yourselves and they yeah, sound yeah. like and garbage. They sound like yeah, shit. Like, like every, every, all these new acapellas that come out, they sound like that's absolute true. crap, yo. And and, that, and the other thing too is, is we've all become so dependent and accustomed to the MP3 and. Listen, MP3s are cool if you're playing it on your phone or you're playing it on your computer. But when you get on some of these big monster systems, they mm -hmm. sound like shit. Like DJs get waves. I know they take more time up, up space in your computer. It's tough, man. I mean, it's, yeah, but you could know. download them now from these sites. They give you a choice. No, no, MP3 no, 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 without a doubt, without but a doubt. It, that's, but that makes a difference. It's like kids come up to me like, yo, why did your shit sound like that? I was like, you played MP3s. I'm not playing MP3s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. And I'm not just, and I'm, I'm watching the bit rates. I'm that's, and that's the dance side of me because right. you know, like all well, my the dances, the, the the house music community was always so in tune with mm -hmm. how good does it sound, especially the DJs. And then I, I always made this distinction, like the hip hop DJs just cared whether or not there was a crossfader, like they would bitch if there was a Yuri or something like that. <laughs> Didn't care about the sound as long as they could 
cut, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and then the house guys and that, were like, that's, oh, you know. that's where that's where I'm trying to teach a lot of kids. Like, be learn about sound. Like, know how, how what affects this. And though red lights are not good on the mixer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like when the '57 came out, everybody like everybody just demanded that mixer, and I was it, like, it sounds, sounds like shit. So bad. Yeah. yeah. Especially in a large club. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Really it's good bad. for a bedroom. Do it, 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 it's yeah, it's funny, like like yeah. on the on the UMTV rap show we did at the Barclays Center two weeks ago. You know, and I'm not calling out any group names, but there was one. I'm like, yo, don't you have the dats of your masters? Like, no. Like yeah, you're gonna you're one. gonna hear the da- and like and you heard it. And like so why did our sound sound like that? I'm like, you ha- gave me less than three twenty bit rate MP three. You know what I mean? Like it's gun you're gonna hear that. And it, it's just, it, it all makes a difference. Like, you know, working with your light guy and working with this. Like, I'm all about that. Like, making drama in my set and, you know, not being afraid to break shit down and loop shit and do it. Like, that's, you put on a show. Put on a show. Don't just be a record player. Don't be a jukebox. And just a little uh, helpful tip uh, that I just got turned on to um, by Scissorhands. There's a, there's a program called uh, Fake in the Funk that you could download. And it actually scans scans your MP3s and tells you if they are true 320. Because I have a lot of stuff 320 that might have been ripped from YouTube or yeah. who knows where I got it from. And it turns out it's at like 96 is the true bit rate. Really? And it really decodes all the stuff so that you can, if you choose to, you can go back and say, I really got to. Yeah, because like even in your iTunes, you could take like a, like a 112, you know what I'm saying? And then you can literally convert it to another MP3 and then make it a. Like a 320. But you can't polish your turd. It, it will yeah, show up exactly. as 320, but, but it's not, whatever it's it was not. uploaded at. Yeah. It's like taking an MP3 and trying to make a wave out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. still an MP3. Right. And it's, there are definitely a, a lot of files like that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's called Faking the... Faking the Funk. Yeah. Look that it's up. A, G- a German yeah. developer. I think they give you... And uh, listen, it's tough because, like 20 bucks. you know, especially for these young kids, especially on the older stuff, you know what I mean? And the kids that want to have a, a master collection... You know, they're not going to be... It's very hard to find, you know, that stuff unless you know somebody that has a collection. I don't even know where to yeah. find waves. That's that's fucking crazy. To find yeah. a wave? I like know, that, like Beatport, they, well, I mean, they I, give you the... Up. Or you painstakingly take your vinyl collection and, and you record it. it. That's and, what I'm into, doing right now. But for the new computer. music? Like, you can't new, find yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't find that shit. I don't know about the record. Like, I don't know, like, if like DJ City just does, like... Um, no, they don't no, do I wish they would do give you that option. I mean, listen, when Do you have an external drive? Yeah, I bring a four terabyte drive. It makes them a weirdo. That's nuts. I have a four terabyte drive. Are you on a PC or a Mac? Mac. Mac? The older Mac, though. A 2014 Mac. I remember opening for you at a. I was opening for you at Greenhouse, and you had Tractor at that time. I still use Tractor. You still? Mm -hmm. Is that? I mean, is that? For me, it's to me. I mean, now the sound quality's about the same with Tractor and Serato. But before, you know, when Tractor, when Serato was only 16 bit, Tractor came out at 24 bit. So again, I would go on after somebody that's playing in Serato, and the whole system would just open up because you know, you know, and then the waves and stuff like that. But um, for me. When you're cutting, I still like the way Tractor sounds to me more legit than Serato. You still hear those artifacts. When you do a real deep drag in Serato, mm-hmm. you hear that. <laughs> like, you'll hear the gurgle. You don't get that in Tractor. You just don't. I mean, wow. now, the new Serato is kind of, it's kind of, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, for, for the Barclays Center, I use Serato that night. You know what I mean? But it's, I'm just, I like what Tractor does. All right, I have a question. CDJs or turntables? I'll use either or. It depends. If you're out here in this goddamn heat, you can't use <laughs> turntables. Your rec- records will just turn into yeah, soup. Yeah. Yeah. How was that Barclays Center? How was that your TV rap show? It was 14 months 
of it put me in the hospital twice um 14 months of the hardest most incredible surreal accomplishment in my hip-hop career wow what do you mean 14 months you helped organize everything I, it was my show wow i produced it um along with charlie stetler um sal abatello blue williams how did and, that, how did that and, idea and icon crush and dj and ronnie from new orleans i pretty much put him in my basement and locked him away and we did all the video graphics and Shit. and uh, and then two interns um, um, from Five Towns College in, in my studio, knock around the clock. What and birthed this idea? The, the idea. I saw the I Love the '90s tour, and you know Sal Abatello and Charlie Stetler. I mean Sal Abatello needs no introduction. Fever, you know, up in the Bronx, first guy to really put hip hop in the club. Charlie Stetler was my manager, um, first guy to bring a hip-hop show to Radio City Music Hall with the Fresh Fest and all that stuff like that. And I saw that I loved the 90s tour, and I called him up like, yo, why are you guys not doing this? Why are you, you know, like, what's going on? Like, yo, let's do the OMTV Raps experience kind of, and, and do that. And I got told to go F my mother, and he hung <laughs> up on me. And then 48 hours later, he calls, calls me back, Scrabble, what do you want to do? I, I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> so I told him my idea. And he goes, this is fucking good. And then he went back and he literally camped out at Viacom at Bruce Gilmer's office and uh, until he pretty much got what he wanted so he would go away. So we got the license to do it and then we put it together and I wanted to make it and set the bar so high for hip hop because it's another thing that lacks on hip hop shows, especially the old school shows. Is just you know a sound system, maybe a little screen of thing. Nobody's doing lights, it's on auto. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just it's just there. Yeah. And this brand that really brought hip hop to the masses, know, the masses yeah. at that time um, is, is coming up on the 30 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do a show that and, and make it it's just what it was an experience and visually and uh, and, uh, you know, so when you saw it, you were watching, you know, the way the screens were set up and the HD quality of them and the light show that we did. It was like kind of marrying EDC to hip hop, <laughs> which has never been done. And we had 32 acts in four hours. Wow. And we didn't minutes. go over time. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was everybody from KRS One, Dougie Fresh, Smooth the Hustler, Double X Posse. Yeah, Beat Knots. I mean, it was just Kumo D. Where you find Smooth the Hustler at, man? I swear to God, yo, so he called me up. They started, people started DMing me at it. So there was this whole DJ medley that was supposed to happen in the middle of the show. Me, Scratch, Slinky, and Kit Capri. Just music with visuals and stuff like that. But then I got a phone call from like, Kumo D's people, yo, can you get on the show? Or, and how oh, am I going to wow, tell man. someone like Kumo D, no? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Curtis Blow, no. Yeah. Who mm -hmm. the fuck am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these are, I'm st at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of this culture mm -hmm. and, this, and, and, and this music and what it has done for my life and wh where it's taken me in the world, you know? And this was my way, this was my dream to do something this big and, and was there anybody that you were like yo i gotta get these dudes that like the i gotta get these guys and once i get these guys everyone will follow it, it, it wasn't like that i mean it, it was just once i started who's your first call what was the my artist? first call was naughty by nature actually and saw pepper but we had them and then due to um internal things with their management and, and their not their management but their agency it didn't work out which i was bummed about but mm -hmm. It, it it was uh, you know it was able to 
there was two things I was bummed about. Not getting Public Enemy all together on that stage. We had Terminator and Flavor and not having Chuck. Mm. I was bummed about that. And I tried. I tried. You know, what, was, what was Chuck's deal? It's just that he was on tour and stuff like that, mm. so it was just hard to hit, get uh, him there. Yeah, he's you know on tour I mean? with Be Real? Yeah, with the profits are raised, exactly so right. yeah. it just didn't work out that way. But it was it was really what I, I wanted to see that, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but, you know, I wanted it also to be very fast-paced, like almost like it was a live DJ set. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want no low points. I, I wanted medleys. Everybody do medleys. Don't stop. Just music, 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 music. And one after another, so everybody just got tired. You know what I mean? But they didn't. You know how like a show could drag out? Right. You know, thank God we've seen all these reviews and just everybody was just like, this was the best hip-hop show we've seen in years. Yeah, I got that feel. You you guys really executed that well. When you came on, after the whole DJ medley that was going on a little bit, that's when you came on and then Curtis Blow comes out. He's great dance. It was amazing. I don't know how he does it. He's unbelievable. And then it was just one after the other. Ed OG, Double X Posse, Kumo D, Large Professor. Oh, my God. So you know, dope. and also, and, and, and it was like, do you want to go, it's great, you go after LL, and we did, but the, he was shooting, you know, I went after Will Smith, he was shooting, Ice-T was originally on the show, but then we moved the date, and then he had to go out on tour with Body Count, so we had, you know, I, I've shot for the stars too, but the lineup that we had was the heartbeat of 90s hip hop at that mm-hmm. time. I didn't want it to be watered down. That's right, having Smooth the Hustle come out and do broken English in, in, <laughs> in the middle of Brooklyn. <laughs> the whole freaking arena started shaking. It was insane, mm-hmm. you know? And Eric B and Rakim on stage together in, in, in their show. And I mean, and, and Dougie Fresh, who's. Wow, what more can I say it. about him? I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he could talk to you for five minutes yeah. and he'll entertain you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then getting to DJ. I, I was like all business because there was so much technical. We had four laptops shooting out video, or and and I took everybody's audio. I was like, and the artist kind of didn't understand at first what I was trying to do. It's like, what do you mean you you're gonna take? We, I was like, I need your audio. I'm gonna sync everything to video, but you're still gonna be able to DJ with it. Like, you know what I mean? Sick. It was so perfect, and everything was so timed and synced. Wow. And then even with the graphics going on top of that, and then. Um, so they finally started to understand. So And they're like, well, I don't have to bring my computer. I'm like, no, we had four laptops. It was all mirrored with the show. And just walk up to one of those sets, pick your folder, and play. Mm-hmm. Give me any scratch record you wanted to do. Yeah. This is so there was no changeovers. Because imagine having to change out for each act. Right. Is there official video on YouTube? Yeah. yeah uh, I think they might have pulled the live stream down by now. But okay. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Hi, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, there was a lot of a lot of haters, and a lot of people didn't believe I was going to be able to pull it off, and you know, so what were they hate? Who was hated? Just listen, this was a major undertaking, and you know, certain people like, oh, your lineup's not strong enough. You're not going to sell tick. I'm like, my lineup's not. It's just the holy yeah. grail of hip hop, right, right here. Yeah. You it know? was probably the first, the, the best assembled uh, collection of hip hop artists since the last episode of Yo when you DJed that cipher. <laughs> and everybody that was on well, the last I episode, about that, and so. that was the yeah. whole thing. Everybody that really was on the last episode of Yo was on that show. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, minus rest in peace Craig Mack and stuff like that. But yeah. if he was a lot, he, you know, well, he was preached. You know, he would. He yeah, he was a Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I was uh, say if Will Smith was around, he probably would have definitely done it. Absolutely. No, everybody was. Yo, everybody showed me. Um, Eminem showed. You know, sent me videos. LL oh, sent me. Yeah, videos. Man, I mean, yeah. everybody knew, and you know, it was great because I got to show the other side of me, not just as a DJ, but as a producer and creator, mm-hmm. and my yeah. vision for what I feel like a hip hop show should look like, and 
give back to those artists that are legends and I'm still fans of mm-hmm. the, the the stage and the production that they deserve to be in front of them instead of some promoter like oh, I'm just going to pay them their money and you know we're going to make a couple of dollars and they have shitty sound a little screen in the background and say hey it's a little hip hop show yeah nobody cares mm-hmm. I wanted right. people to care about this that's what we're and, used to out here and, yeah. and like I said so not only did the you know almost 10,000 people in that arena care but 800,000 plus cared about it around the world to watch it live you know and 800,000 uh, yeah we got the numbers back from Vi- Viacom that's you know, crazy. so oh, it's definitely changed me a little bit and my life and what's happening now with me and my career and people, you know, coming and we're t- going to definitely take it out on tour. That's why I'm kind of out here in Vegas mm-hmm. yeah. um, for something that I can't talk about yet, but hopefully we'll be here for a long time. <laughs> Hope so, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, again, like I really realized the fruit of my labor when I got, you know, when Chris Karras was like, you're going to DJ for me. And I already knew what he had in his show. And he gave me waves, by the way. So <laughs> when I dropped his shit, the freaking arena shook. But, you know, DJing for that had Ken, and Kenny Parker right next to me. And I, I saw my wow. Instagram and I have the shot of it from, from my perspective when Step Into the Step into the World came out. And it just brought me back to my Traffic Jams album because mm-hmm. the Traffic Jams album is what I kicked. I kicked off with that record. So when I dropped that and he's in front of me, I get the chills just talking about it. It's just like mind-blowing to me like i was like all of the things i've done in hip-hop and the dreams that i've gotten to live out and do and then to be able to do this with all the people that i grew up with and respect and look up to and then be on that same stage with them it was it's nothing like if if this all ends tomorrow i'm good i'm good like i i I set my my legacy with that show yeah Yeah, it was was amazing to see when I was st- I was streaming it and I see you and Jason Ojeda in the booth together. I said, "Wait, I kind of I know these they're making this whole shit happen right now." Holy shit! I could tell both of them were stressing out about something. And then, uh, but uh, was there any like, issues or problems or anything? We were like, still uh, co- we were still editing video uh, at about four o'clock that day for the show. Wow. I mean, we came yeah. right down to it. But you know what? It was with with all the acts that we had and. Not to go over time, we got off that stage at 11.29.49 with 11 seconds left. Or we would have been like yeah. 250,000 over time in the hole. Yeah. But, you know, but what, what I, the one sad part about the show was we didn't get to do, the, we had the cypher set up to do at the end of that, too. Oh, wow. That no never got to happen. I had a live mm. drummer. All the DJs were going to be cutting, bringing in stuff, and everybody was going to do it. But we didn't have, we ran yeah, out of time. Right. So that never happened. But I had, I had a... A little birdie called me from the West Coast, and uh, he called me up and thanked me for what I did for the culture. I don't want to say yet, but he mm-hmm. wants to bring it out to L.A. to the forum. And that'll be a totally different show. It's going to be a totally different that'll show. A lot more West Coast artists. We're going to take that? we're going to yeah. take some of what we did here um, in the East Coast. You know, grab the Rock Hims and the Karis right. Ones, and and then mix them up with a lot of West Coast and do mm. it at the forum. Wow! In L.A. That's, That's crazy. Next. Yeah. That'll be nuts. That's what I'm working on now. Does it scare you doing it all over again, kind of? You know what I mean? Or you think you're you're better well, equipped I, 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 for it I'm, now? The mistakes—not that I made mistakes, but like <clears throat> a lot, a lot of the things you know we did were untested and mm-hmm. untried. You know, and will this work? You know, and we know it does. So now it's just a matter of obviously. I want to up the ante, obviously production-wise and wow. visually, because I don't want it to look w- up the ante like holograms or some shit. Or what? <laughs> listen to me, I, I, nothing is. I, I'm a weirdo, okay? So it's like go big or go home, like whatever. Like I would love to see. Like I watched Eric Pride's um, last show, his Halo show, 
And all of a sudden, this freaking space shuttle thing comes out in a hologram over the... Yeah, I'm into that. And hip-hop deserves that. And once people open those blinders up and take in the experience and let it take them... So they could not, they're not just listening to hip hop. And this is old hip hop, new hip hop. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Music in general. And you bring that production in and you let that engulf your body, it takes you to a whole different place. And you don't have to do drugs to do that. It's just, if you're a fan of music in general. Yeah, you know, they do it. They do it with the Michael Jackson show and stuff like that. It's this immersive. Experience. You want to immerse it. That's sensory, what I want. When you come to uh, my show, I want you to be immersed in the experience and you leave going, that was special. You think like a lot of hip hop shows in the past, they might look at some of that stuff as corny? Or no, maybe they look like back in the day when LL Cool J used to come out of a big boombox and Jamaster yeah. J was up 40 feet in the air with a laser helicopter like they landed right. in the garden. Those shows used to do it. Now you only see that at like a Jay-Z show in a stadium or a something. Kanye. Yeah, it, yeah. It, there's no re You could do that. You know, the technology's here now. And if you put that kind of value behind it, it's only going to make your show sell more and people are going to want to come and see your next thing. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to set that bar. Because, I mean, you could see the you could see how it's received because of the low budget on the production end of old school mm -hmm. shows, because then when Vegas books it, you know, where do you go? Where do you go to see Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One at like Revolution Lounge when they were doing that party? Mm -hmm. right. Or, you know, I went to see KRS-One in the backyard of Beauty Bar, mm -hmm. which Honestly, I love it. It's got a very kind of, you know, right. you know, urban kind of vibe to it. And it's a great place to see a show. That's the but point. It doesn't, it doesn't have it, to be urban. It doesn't have... Right. Right, 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 right. But I, I think the reason why it's always relegated to a side room or to a small club is because it was never presented... It was never as presented. ...as anything more than just a guy with a microphone exactly. and that's it. Which, that's fine too. But let's see it, you know, presented in a different way. Yeah, but that, you know, that level of hip-hop, I mean, I... I when I was growing up in the 90s and stuff like that, I mean, I was fairly young. I didn't really see any shows and shit, but from what I understood, like with Wetlands, it was always like an underground, low-ceiling mm -hmm. kind of club for 90s But before you know? that, yeah. when you had the big, you know, the Tough of the Leather MCs, Tour and yeah, Raising yeah. Hell and, you know, the Fresh Fest, the production. That was the first. Mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden. The, the Radio City. The production show, was yeah. there. Yeah. You know? the Beastie Boys people in cages and, oh, and also there was shit going on you know you would say in regards to the Yo um, experience the Yo anniversary was the, what you're selling is the brand of Yo MTV the, the star it, right, it, the that, star that alone deserves that right, the that star of the show you know granted yes it's the artist but the star of that show was the brand with, which, which without it a lot of those artists wouldn't have got to the world mm hmm and they know that, and that's why they came and paid homage. Was there any, like, static or anything from Not Artists? once. There Not was... <laughs> we ran out... Oh, my God. The Barclays said I was so scared. We ran out of uh, backstage passes. I mean, we had... I, I kid you not. There had to be close to six hundred people behind stage, wow. and the Barclays said not one issue, not one problem, nothing. And uh, uh, the uh, one of the union guys came up to me and he, he calls me and he's he's like, I don't have to tell you this. He goes, first of all, I want to say that was an incredible production. It was a pleasure to work with you guys. And he goes, I don't have to say this. You are the first show, hip hop show in history of the Barclays Center that did not go overtime. Wow. wow! So we took a, a lot of pride on that. Oh, nice. yeah. is, is that so any of you investors out there, see, we don't have to. We won't cost you any money. <laughs> <laughs> is that the fine two hundred fifty k? No. Well, you go into double overtime. Remember, you're paying union. It's like out here, you know. Oh. You know, we our our union our labor union bill is very expensive. Wow! Yeah. Oh, like to break everything down. Yeah, because that? even though we had our whole production team, we can't. Right, set right, it up. Right, they right, have right. to set it up. You mm -hmm. could bring it in and tell them what to do, but they get paid to. So you're kind of paying two people. 
Okay. You're paying the, you know, my production company, which was Global Audio Systems, Hi, and then you got to pay Jason Ojeda. Then you got to pay, um, <laughs> then you got to pay, um, you know, the uh, union labor rates. Right. And if you go overtime one minute, now you're in overtime for the next eight hours. And then if you go overtime there, now you're into double overtime. Wow! Wow! That's crazy. Yeah, that is up fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you call it? With doing this show, right? Mm-hmm. What led you, like, before the uh, 14 months ago we came through, you were setting the show up. How did you juggle all of this while touring and doing all of this? A lot of phone work, a lot of being on the phone, and a lot of just burning the candle at both ends and not sleeping. I mean, I, I really, I slept for four straight days after that show. Wow. I mean, that's how it took everything out of me. But it was, you know, it was so, I still haven't watched it. I still haven't seen it, really? like the whole thing. No, Why? I haven't. Wa- I just been busy. I haven't. I I want to ha- be able to sit down and just chill and and like just enjoy it and watch it. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do it yet because, you know, it's like I'm on. I want to get to the next thing now. I, I want. I want that LA show to happen, which it is, and I'm working on something very special. Hopefully, for out here, that's going to be here, and that's that. That this is my main goal. That's why I'm here in Vegas. Did, like, do you have the same passion for like going or, like touring and clubbing in the clubs as much? And I feel like the show definitely revived, or like, did you feel like it revived well, uh, like something well, in you? It, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get older in this industry, you yeah. know what I mean. Listen, I've done. I went from doing 300 shows a year to not doing you know as many shows as you get older. There's yeah. a lot more DJs, a lot more competition, and. Let's face it, I'm going to be 50. I may not look it, but I'm going to be 50 this year. And it's like I've been doing this since I'm, I'm 11. What? What were you going to say? I saw you going to say something. I saw it. I felt it. But, you know, but no. But, you know, and part of you start second guessing, like, is that it for me? Was this it? Like, and then you start second guessing yourself. And it's the gets you could get depressed. Like, right. when you were the man for so long and you're not the man, and I, I, I'm a realist, you know what I mean? I'm not as relevant as I was then, mm-hmm. you know? So this reminded me of this show made me feel like that day I was in front of Chippendales with my records and I got to go in the right place at the right time and DJ and the industry took notice. And what this show has done for me is pretty much the same. You know, I mean, the industry's like, Scribble did what? You know what I mean? And then the phone calls in, from, you know, the Leo Cohen's of the world and this and that, like, you know, like, what a great job we did. And, you know, the heads of different companies. And so it's definitely put my name back on a lot of people's lips, which is great, including mm-hmm. Funk Max and Flex. Um, <laughs> and, um, no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Flex. Um, <laughs> stop. I didn't do that. That was Eddie. Um, uh, well, they could see you. But no, but um, it's really lit another fire under my ass. I've never lost the passion for this. I've yeah. lost the will and like, why am I bothering? Because nobody cares kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, I've been rejuvenated after doing this. Into I think we've all kind of gone through that. Yeah, maybe everybody not, does. Not everybody does. You did know, you, how long? How, how long did you feel like that was going on? The last five years. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I mean, no, it's 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 you know, it's 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 funny because like I still do what I do, mm-hmm. and but like you don't get that booking. Why not? Like you know what I mean? Like right. you know, it's the same thing. Like the whole what I've noticed too. Now nobody's ever going to take me serious as DJ Scribble playing tech house and house music. So I had to come up with a whole alter ego. For that, and then the first record I do underneath that name goes top ten on B-Port. 
all of a sudden, you know, now I got guys like Dub Fire and Roger Sanchez and all these guys playing my shit under a whole different name, and I'm putting out record after record and getting. Wait, what was this other name? What that's under Street Slang. Street Slang. This yeah, is yeah, it's exclusive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me and my partner Dom Dom did, Tafaro and uh, did they know it was you? No, I got when we got when we got we got one booking and they called me up because my number's on the thing. They're yeah. like, yeah, we want to forward the show for uh, you know Street Slang and what you guys need. And I knew who it was on the other end. I was like, it's me. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, it's me. You know. So wait, so what happened? You you hooked up? I love house music. Like right. I live to play, but I like straight up gutter tech, dirty, nasty, four in the morning. Dirty filth music. That's mm -hmm. what I like. So that's what I like to make. So, but you know, my name is so my brand Scribble is hip hop, open format hip hop. That's who I am. I right. know that. For a while, I was just trying to be that guy. No, I could play if I'm gonna do this, and I could go play the main stage at Ultra too. Like you know, like right. you know, no, you know what I mean. That's it wasn't gonna work that way. And I had a oh god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so um. I had to come to the terms with that, and I was like, but I still love this. I love all music so much, and uh -huh. I, I love enjoy making it, mm -hmm. and I love house music, and I enjoy making it. So um, we did, I redid uh, Motown Philly and um, from Boys to Men with Dom, and we put it out on this Brazilian label, Klexos, and within three weeks, we were top 10 on the Tech House chart. I mean, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And then we did, a, and then, uh, we did another record for Robbie Rivera, um, um, so we have like seven or eight records out right now, and I, I got four more coming. And when was the, when was when did the Boys to Men first come out? It would come out February. Oh, the, the street slang one. I don't know. I think February. So is it, so this all just launched this year. Yeah. Wow. So you know now we're getting calls to do shows and different you know but real like like rooms like Analog in Brooklyn, which is where oh Dubfire yeah. will play. Like you know, so now I could go in there and play those rooms that I've always wanted to play, mm -hmm. but I'm you know I'm going under a different name even though it's me. But the respect there is because our fans are listening to street slang and our music there. But even though it's still scribble, who's your demographic? Is it a totally young, different demographic no, for street slang? No, 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 no. See, here's the beautiful. EDM is a young de demographic. Yeah, okay, okay. Future House is a young demographic. The trap, all that stuff. Tech House and techno, older. You got to really be mature and into music to understand tech house like you know in tech i mean there's all young kids don't get me wrong that love it but i just went to call cox in brooklyn mm -hmm. average age was 30 and over and there was five thousand people there you know so it's a much mature music it's you know it's it's a fight that i have with my brother-in-law sometimes ladado he you know makes all this big pop edm stuff and he's great at it you know the chord progressions and this and you know and he's like tech house isn't music I'm like, what do you mean, bro? Like, you, you, it, that's a journey. Like, see, again, it's something that will take you on a ride. You know, you, you do an eight minute record and you're like, eight minutes, Jesus Christ. But you have to keep those people engaged for eight minutes of mm -hmm. that record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the challenge. Or, and that's when you do those four, five, six hour sets. You know what I mean? And you take them wherever you want. You're switching them and moving them around and they keep that energy and you bring them to the peak of craziness to the you know the almost the limit of boredom and it pop them right back up so just to break it down because there might be some djs who don't know <laughs> they, who, who aren't aware and to be honest i kind of know what techno is i would you say kind of <laughs> i mean like i remember i would go to exit and if i went to exit like the main room was techno right but well, wait, kind no, of no. progressive house they would they, yeah, they would mix house. it up it'd be progressive the, the biggest the biggest you know misconception um, is mis that everything on a 4-4 four, four time signature right is, is uh, techno. techno you know that's no it's this house music there's you know 
um, there's tech house and then there's hard techno. Like it's just a much harder, grittier. Thing. Yeah, tech like house is got like more super chunky, ch- right? Tech house is super chunky with a groove. That's mm-hmm. that groovy, like that's you know that party groovy beach. Like I'm gonna get you going. Um, like tech, more like techno, hard mm. tech. It's like that drum code, like boom, boom, like that real hard drummy. You know, I, I used to be such a fucking scumbag. Well, I'm still a scumbag, but uh, <laughs> like I was such an asshole. Like people back in light, I'd be playing like music sounds better with you, but, but music sounds better with you, and somebody be like. Are you going to be playing techno the rest of the night? Oh, yeah, I'm like, are you I fucking kidding that. me right now? <laughs> I hated that. I hated so then that. I would find the fucking hardest, darkest, most evil, like, wrist-slitting techno I could find and say, no, but I am now. But <laughs> or, techno, or, yeah. techno was that word, right? Was that word, that label... Like in the two thousands, that they just called every house song. That's that's what I, that's the kind of that's the uh, that's how Eminem said it, and that and that kind of uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the hip hop no a lot of a lot of the hip hop culture would call house music techno, all right. techno. We yeah. just really is techno. Yeah. But 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 to make matters worse, there was times where I would be playing De La Soul at light, and people would say, "Can you play hip hop?" Right, yeah. and I would fucking I'd be like a half a bottle of Jaeger <laughs> deep. I'd be like, "I will fucking break this bottle of your fucking head." <laughs> <laughs> so, all this year, all of these things happen, yeah, and shit. And then, obviously, the last five years, you were saying it's been a last little. Last five years has been slow. It's been, it's, you know, like anything else. It's been a struggle to keep to to keep relevant and to get those gigs because, for whatever reason, you know, listen, I'm a little bit more expensive than you right. know a, a, a DJ that you're gonna bring in. That's you know, and am I gonna draw more people than them in that market mm-hmm. right now? No, I'm not stupid. You know what I mean. So, but I'm still like if you if you book me to do like old school classic stuff, I'm not moving on my. You know the new stuff. Like if I get booked to do new new school open format, yeah, yeah, I I gotta eat a bullet a little bit if I want to work. It's I remember like one of my boys, man. He was working for a, a large corporate company in New York. He was making ton of fucking money. He was flying private, first class everywhere. Mm-hmm. He wanted to start his own company. He was out. He and he already had these like certain standards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he was kind of a star in it his company. It humbles you. And he started his own company. Started flying coach, and it was really fucking with his head. And it was hard for him to keep feeling like a champ and keep working every day and doing his shit because all of his living standards or everything mm-hmm. that he was comfortable with mm-hmm. went down, and he lost it. But when he lost it, he had, he said he found what was really important, and he would have never found that. He would have just been. If he didn't lose it all and like kind of go down that deep and fall that low, right? And he found mm-hmm. it, and then he, you know he started this this tech company, and it, it just took off. Yeah, but I mean you, you, I mean all of us, we're all you know, you know, you come to a point where you know you guys, you are all making a certain amount of money, but then the next cr- crew of DJs is going to come in and they're going to take all our slot, and then well, why, what do you mean you booked me all the time? You can't. It's going to happen. It happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's up to you to keep relevant. You know, and that's why making music is important as a DJ, because you'll always stay relevant. You know what I mean? That's why Tiesto, for God, you know, he's never not been relevant. That's right. the crazy right. part. Right. He's never peaked, in my opinion. He's and that's without ever having radio hits, too. Yeah. He never got to the... I, I don't think he's ever really been embraced on top 40 radio, right. like Calvin has. Right, right. And he's Calvin and Aguetta, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, those guys are the kings as far as, uh, right. you know, EDM artists. And he's never, ever, like, friendly. peaked. He's never... He's still Tiesto. He'll always be yeah. Tiesto. One yeah. other... Um, one other not plug, but a suggestion for people like us in this industry that there's a lot of up and downs. It's a quick read, um, and it's really popular. I'm not, like, you know, divulging, like, breaking this book, but uh, Who Moved My Cheese is a great 
life lesson for DJs. Who, who, who moved, moved my, my cheese? cheese? I've heard of it, but yeah. I never heard of it. It's a basically in a, in a nutshell. It's two mice in a maze. Is there an audio book? Every on? day, yeah, I have it. <laughs> what do you think I fucking read? Of course, there's an audio book. <laughs> and basically, they wake up every day, and there's a, a huge pile of cheese that they could they live off of. One day they wake up, it's gone. So one of the mice keeps going to, to the same space looking for the cheese, and it's mm-hmm. never coming back. And he right, gets right. sicker and sicker and sicker, and the other guy goes hunting for more cheese, and he finds a bigger and better stash of cheese. That's it in a nutshell, but it's a great lesson, and, and it du- directly relates to what we're talking about with right. DJ life or any, any industry where there's uh, you could be hot one day and not the next. But then you could yep. ignite it again and be right, hot again. Right. No, that's why I said there's lose. no shelf life on a DJ, in mm-hmm. my opinion. If you're rocking a crowd and you're rocking hard – and you got vibrants behind you, and you know it's 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 you know you having to stay relevant. That's the way to do it. And be in these promoters' faces, and be in the club faces, and keep your relationships going that you have over the years, and be able to utilize those relationships, especially when you get into those cold months where it gets a little slow. And then you 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 hopefully that you were a good dude over, and you didn't burn anybody coming yeah. up, mm-hmm. and those people will be there for you. Love, you know? I mean, love, love Bug Rock literally to the day he passed. Yeah. Mm. Within hours. He was DJing. It's funny, just, man, uh, because, a, you know, Never and I know a lot of DJs, and they go through these slumps. And they we get, all do. I've yeah. gone through them plenty of times. And then, uh, you know, even me, myself, and I've, even Never. I've gone know? through it also as yeah. well. And then it's, and these guys, you know, some of them, like, retire, or they get out, they try to do something else, but in the end, they always, sometimes, they always come back. It's no matter passion. what. Yeah. See, to me, it's like, I'm like the, what was it, the Bad News Bears 2 with the kids in the Houston Astrodome, and they had to chase him or off the field. That's me. Like, I'm not, you, you have to, I have to really be, you have to rip my heart out, and it would have to stop beating before I, I quit. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd, I'd be killing me before I quit, because you can't tell me I can't do this. Right. You, people have told me, oh, you know, maybe your time has passed. No, my time ain't passed. But even, even now more than ever. This year, you realized, yeah, yo, fuck you, you guys don't know what yeah, the fuck you're talking you talking about. Exactly. Right? Well, this that's why you never, you never burn bridges. Like right. you, you always kept a, a good rapport and a good relationship with these people to help facilitate. I don't think what Flex likes me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Flex. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and that's it's a, it's another big lesson. Don't burn bridges because yeah. even if DJing slows up, and it will probably come hey, back will. around if you, and it will slow up. You have other avenues to explore it, within the industry, mm-hmm. providing you haven't. And, and, and it's all how you and, and two and, and, and how you and listen. You could throw pity parties for yourself in private and have those days event, but but you know it's how you weather that storm because you know there's times where you wake up and you're like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do now? You know, right. you're looking at like, yo, the shit is slow this month. Why is it so slow? Yo, why isn't this person booking me anymore? Because he's got all these new guys in. For me, it's tough because I've played every fucking room in this country, mm-hmm. 30, 50 million times over. You know what I mean? So. It, it's it's and, and and the game has changed where you know every club doesn't have like a select resident every week now it's seven DJs and they switch up every rotation the next week right. and this week mm-hmm. so those days are kind of gone and I, I love residencies I love to take a room and take it over and make it my own so people want to come back because they know that that night's gonna be different than if they go to another club you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah. because you're making in the night your own and it's a shame that that doesn't exist as much anymore. And it's hard. I, I, you know, I want to do that. Like, I'm ju- I'm starting to get into that a little bit with Dorsey when I booked the Dorsey. But it's hard because if is, if there's one venue that's booking all over the place, then it's a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. Now you can't lock down somebody on a steady night because they don't have their dates for 
places that they play regularly. And Ed, so. Eddie, you know, you're mentioning Dorsey. I just want to give a little backstory. Is is that is that you know you've moved from? I mean, you obviously DJ once in a while, but you moved to like a music director where you're doing bookings for. You know certain certain venues and lounges here in Vegas. Yeah, and then you know you've talked to us about your frustration about like booking DJs because no one's schedule is consistent anymore. Everyone's right. I have to wait on everybody's yeah. dates and everybody's avails. You know, to, yeah. to see what I can can give. Because to when you got a residency work. from a club, it's like yo, oh yo, I got Saturday, so I'm at every Saturday. Or I mean, I was no, at yeah. a Friday. I got every Friday or Tuesdays, Mondays. And I love you that. were there. I think yeah. it's great. I'm with Scott. I'm with Scrib. You know, and and you guys should all. How how do you guys feel about the way things are going? I know you guys travel a lot and stuff like well, that, but I we mean, all used to have our nights have, at you know, you have the, you know, like if, if you're gonna do a residency, you don't have to be every week, but once a month, and then that or party's yeah. special once right. a month. Yeah, yeah. But the whole that whole stacking it with seven DJs in one night, A, you're watering down the flow of the music. You're, you're, you're killing any sense of, of trying to put you on that ride that I'm talking to you about and immerse yourself in consistency because everybody's going to play different. They're all going to play the same records over and over again. Exactly, it happens. Yeah. It, and you can't tell me it doesn't because it always happens. Mm -hmm. You know, if the Drake is the hot record, you're going to hear it four times if there's four different Unfortunately, DJs. yeah. Well, even in the city, like, I do miss the days where I knew... Like Crooked was gonna be at Lava on a Wednesday, mm -hmm. and I could mm -hmm. be people would hit me up out of town like, "Yo, what's good on a Wednesday?" I, I would know like, "Go see Crooked." Right. right. I know it's gonna like do, do dope or like Vice had like Saturdays at Tau. Right. Like I I knew what it, you were gonna get on a Saturday night at a certain spot. Now That's like right. people hit me up, I'm like, "Damn, I don't know. Let me look online." Right. right. I don't right. know who's yeah. where. The only you thing I mean? know is that Franzen's at right. Sunday at right. Dre's every day, right. every Sunday. I mean, that's yeah. like that's mm -hmm. etched in stone. Pretty and there's much. a reason why that Sunday's doing well. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because they're going there to to, to, to hear that. that. And I honestly and yeah. honestly think like uh, to be totally honest, I think you can keep a resident there. And it should be an OG dude who can open and close. And honestly, any new buck can do a primetime set for an hour. Of course. Yeah. So like it's fucking brainless yeah, work. Yeah. It's honestly. brainless. It's fucking they need, brainless. I think though. like so like what I've been noticing is that I'd you know, honestly, like if, I, a I, good I, resident in a club is the heartbeat of the whole yeah. club at this point. I remember yeah. Ross One, he used to do like a one I think it was Wednesdays at Wall, right? It was like yeah. it was there. That uh, it was Favava. Well, no, no, no. That's another party. But Ross won it like in the shit. I want to say like you know five, six, seven years ago. They the Wednesday industry party at Wall. He was the opening and closing DJ. They would have guest DJs, but they would pull whack DJs. <laughs> so he, I mean, you know what I mean. But he was that dude. He was the the dude that was like the staple there, and he knew how to set it up. And set it up of for course. any headliner. Of course. And then would save it when they had to pull the and headliner. Then, yeah, like he was not doing it. well. Like, yo, you got to save the night. Oh, shit. Like, you know, Diddy's here. Diddy wants to do a set. Yo, Ross, get on and, and do that Diddy set with him that you guys do. And that's what they need to do out here instead of having. Honestly, I don't think you need, like, the, the young dudes opening and closing. I think they should just headline because it's so. If they're it's not just bringing so dialed in. The, the primetime set at 1 o'clock is dialed in. Like, I don't, I mean, I can do the one o'clock set and it's fine, but I just don't, I don't, I think it's so dialed in right now right. that anyone can do a headlining set I for agree. an hour. And it, it really doesn't. Is that where it's come to now? It's one hour yeah. now? Oh, well, no, I, well, it's, not, it's two hours. It's usually <laughs> two, but, I, you know, I was experiencing with, with a lot of the EDM guys that I was playing with, especially, you know, you know the last club I was like an hour and a half, was right? HQ in Atlantic City. You know, it started. They started getting fierce and doing like these ninety-minute sets. Like, Get the fuck out of here! I was I was, I was opening before um, some kids, uh, and uh, 
I'm starting to bring the mood down. I'm st- I want to create a little tension, even though it wasn't like I was opening for mm-hmm. Calvin Harris or something like that. These were just like some like twerk trap kind of kids. And um, Too t- and I'm like, where the fuck are these guys? So I, I talked to the guy who was doing our bookings, and I said, where the fuck are these guys? Oh, they, they decided they only want to do 90 minutes, so they're going to go on in a half hour. I said, did you ever think to fucking tell me? I said, and are you cutting their fucking rate 25%, or are you going to be a little bitch and fucking, you know, take direction from fucking 22-year-old kids? Don't, that don't burn any bridges. De- right. No, no. <laughs> who, I'm not burning. I didn't, I, I, Eddie, who, I, Eddie who the, burn, the bridge burner? Huh? Who was it? I haven't burned the bridge. Come on. You nah. think I, you know. Uh, um, we'll we'll bleep like it out. Oh, I don't give a fuck. The DJ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and he agreed with me. But I don't know how it is on the East Coast as much, but definitely here. In oh, Vegas. believe me, it's the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one's staying out late. No one wants to stay out late. No. Everyone's leaving early. Like uh, I was talking. That's to a pro- That's insane. I was, I was talking but to one of the bus right. boys. But you're right. I was talking to one of the bus boys. That's because they can't keep them this and day. He, <laughs> 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 I was talking to one of the bus boys, and he said. He's like all. The, he's like the new generation of pussies. They just want to go home, and they and then they want to have. They want to be able to function the next day, and they're not into like getting totally obliterated, Somebody, wasted. You're the second person. And like said. Like and like, they want to honestly come in here, get content. Once they've gotten all the content they have for their Instagram, they're kind of like, well, what else is there to do? <laughs> and then they're like. It's <laughs> fucking. Ins- it's, but you're yeah. so it's you so nailed, right. you're he so on the point yeah. on yeah, the money. It's kind of like. All right, like uh, you know, like Rick Ross just Ready? performed. I got I got footage of me. I got I have footage Rick of Rick Ross's Ross. armpit behind my head with sweat dripping down his armpit. I got footage. He's so right. Let's I go got, home now. I got footage of them playing the hottest song, the new Drake. And uh, what else is there? I don't know. They spend more time editing the, the picture and presenting it on Instagram it's, it's than the they bottle, play at the, the fucking popping bar- bottles and shit. The yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's, that's insane. And then yeah. they're like, <laughs> and they're like, wait, we can get more content if we eat because we can Instagram the food. So let's just go to like, let's go eat. Oh my God, you're so right. It's disgusting. Yeah, I, I, I never so even looked at. Oh, I never even looked at it like that. But yeah. you're dead on. That's what it it's is. Like Scribble's intro. We got that. Let's get a picture of ourselves taking a shot together. Right. Right. And yeah, then we like we got like a footage of the whole club. Let's go like that's eat it. And, and then on, the and they don't care about the experience, the actual experience in the club. They, they don't care about the documentation. They, yeah, right. How can I make this look really crazy for my followers? And then, bro, you just floored <laughs> no, me right no, now. No, but that's I'm speechless right yeah. now because I, you know, thinking you're, it's yeah, that's that is so true. I don't. But I, how yeah. do you now? What do you? How do you fix that? That see. Yeah. So like, how do you take it back to where you come out and have a good time and, and do that? Do like, you lower the like? What, it's like a chicken or the egg. The, the price tags on on booking the entertainment for a lot of the these nights that they program is so here you, that you can only you can only take down the overhead of this the entertainment concept. Experience. The concept of a nightclub, right? How how long has it lasted and how long has it been unchanged and un like it, it hasn't been changed at all. And if you notice that day parties are lasting longer, people are going to day parties now. Well, that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, ev- so the nightclubs are suffering, but day parties are doing well. These kids have no problem going to a day party and spending four hours there for some reason, and then they, it doesn't they ruin their day. Healthy element they get, the doesn't ruin their day. Doesn't ruin their day. You know what I mean? And that I that I've heard. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like the that day. That's sense. why day that's parties why day are party. popping off more. They're drinking more during the day, and there's just. You know, they're drinking more, they're experiencing more, they're wilding out more. Then they right. get home at 9, 
And they, yeah. they could just sleep it off and wake up at, you know, 8 a.m. And there's day parties popping work. up at spots that don't even have pools. Yeah. No. Just like, they're just like fine, like, 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 like the fucking, like the brunches, the fucking like rooftop brunches, of a, yeah, like brunches, target shopping brunches, brunches, like The rooftop of a nightclub is doing a day party. Dude, I came from, I had a gig in He's Columbus, so right. Ohio. I had a gig in Columbus, Ohio. I've never been to Ohio in my life. And I had a gig there. And I did the night nightclub and it, it was cool. But everyone was just talking about the day party. Well, everyone just got everyone was no, at the day. I, I, I'm I've like, y'all. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on Columbus, Ohio. No, you. but it's not. But I'm in Columbus, Ohio. With day it's, parties, it's not known for its day parties. Yeah, right, right. but they're doing day parties there, and I'm like, yo, so, I mean, this is not just no, the whole country's like that. Yeah, yeah. and that's because like I'm that. a nighttime guy. I like nightclubs. Yeah. Uh, day clubs, I can't. I'm not gonna with. listen to me. See, I'm not gonna lie. I like the day party thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I do like it. I, I do like anything. I party at the end of it. You're an idiot. I no, but I do no. I like the day because that that kind. I mean, listen, I'm an old motherfucker. So like, go out during the day. I get home at five, six, seven o'clock. Go to sleep. I wake up the next day. It's it's it, because the problem with me is I have no off button. So if I go out at 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'm not getting home till nine in the morning. So that's not good. Right for me. <laughs> Damn man, it's yeah. a different yeah. energy though, right? Yeah, it's definitely a different energy. Yeah. But I, I like the day party stuff. Mm -hmm. So like when I remember I, when I was doing the like when I was doing more pool parties in Vegas, I I just remember the energy was different. It was more to me like a very scary, drunk energy because it was dudes that. Or people that literally didn't sleep all night and kept partying and came to the pool and they were no, like, "You are in Vegas." Yeah. Yeah. It was scarier than Empire Ballroom at six I mean, a.m. If you can that imagine, was scary. If you can imagine Empire Ballroom continuing on with the zombies coming yeah. to the pool, right? So I'd have these like really like whacked out dudes coming to the booth requesting shit, moving their jaw. Yeah, yeah. Moving their jaw, doing crazy shit. So. But I think the day parties now are totally different. It, it's not like it's that. It's like right. people got eight hours of sleep. Yeah, it's just people fresh. like, well, no, like I worked <laughs> out all day. I worked out all summer, like all winter. Yeah. I, I bought these like, you know, these bathing suits and I'm going to show off my body and I'm going to no, show off. And I'm going to get content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you touched on that. And, and that was the second time I heard this week that healthy is in right now. Yeah. yeah. Like being health conscious is in. And I don't think drugs are. That's why I think I, I'm well, not I think really a big are. fan of going is that, to drugs. drugs are. Is that good or bad? <laughs> I, think, I think different drugs are. Huh? I don't know. I'll, is that good or bad? Maybe because I obviously <laughs> I don't I don't work out. I just, I'll, you know. I don't know if alcohol is like the, the drug <laughs> of choice right now. Do you know what I mean? What do you think is? I think I don't know. Well, I, I want to say like pills, like yeah. oh, like, like but like, that's disgusting, and that's where well, it's like going. That's yeah, why, that's that's where pathetic. that's what's destroying everybody, so and that's why hip hop sounds the way it does. Yeah, if you're popping yeah. fucking scripts, you're a fucking pathetic. I know. I just being. meet a lot of people, and they're like, ah, oh, I need an ambient. I need this. I need this. All these like control. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I need all right, of that. But that's shit, why yeah. the music sounds the way it does too. Right. Yeah, very lazy. Very lazy. Right, you keep them programmed and on the same wavelength mentally as the artists that are making the shitty music, then they'll I relate mean, to it. Coke is always going to be a nightclub drug, a party drug, right? I don't. I've never done it. I don't know much about it. I so. heard it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard some. I heard some. some but Coke. About that. People said it's all right. People are doing more. <laughs> people are doing more Coke than usual now. No, I feel like people are doing more Coke now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's weird. I, mean, it's, I don't it's know. Like Coke is very recreational now. Like a lot of people, it's very socially it's, accepted. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's accepted. Like it's not. It's yeah. not taboo. Like it's like okay, you do coke. Okay, that's kind of normal. Yeah, right. like if you get caught with it now, you probably get a slap on. So you get it, caught it, with perks and it's not like you're at a beach right. club you're and you're like, yo, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go shoot up in my toes. Wait, coke, you know? but coke, coke isn't like ruining lives anymore. 
Coke it was is oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's just a much more Somewhere, man. Social, socially acceptable <laughs> way. But hell, yeah. alcohol ruins probably just as many, if not more, lives than fucking blow. I don't. You don't. You don't see coke ruining like as many lives as, as in much LA. You on might not. I mean, the chances of you finding to destroy you. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the gateway to fucking dope. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I mean, in LA, and I know yeah. people and kids that I've watched yeah. them destroy themselves with. Imagine if like heroin gets like chic and like music and they're no, like you god, know that, no. That's just that's like glorified. They got needles. The only time I've ever seen heroin cool was Pulp Fiction. When John Travolta was shooting up, it I just wanted to do like it amazing. so bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, that looks, shit looks Where amazing." Where did this go? Left? <laughs> <laughs> when Uma Thurman got the adrenaline shot through her yeah. fucking chest plate, I was like, "I want to do that shit." <laughs> I that shit. Wait, wait, break down opioids for me, because I don't, I don't really know much. What is that? Shit? Aside from being fun. No, they're, they're no, 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 they're ter- no, I'm kidding. Those are painkillers. That's what Vicodins, Percocets, stuff like that. They're like cousins of uh I mean they're cousins of heroin. They're cousins of heroin. Synthetic heroin. Yeah, man made heroin. Oxycontin, oxycodone, Oxycontin, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what there's no there's nothing glamorous about it. It's disgusting. That's what you get after you get surgery. You hear you hear the output the I never creativity. I never take painkillers. I always avoid painkillers. I mean, when I, when I had my injury playing ball, they yeah. gave me uh, perks. And after, after two days, I couldn't do it because I yeah. was so loopy yep. and out Same of it. Thing. Like, I had my ACL surgery for 48 hours. I took it and then I stopped. Yeah. I was like, just like everything was in slow motion. Wow. Like It was bad. Like yeah. I, I felt like disgusting. Yeah, very like, very bad. Low yeah. Cl- it's gross. And then once they got, once you get hooked, that shit is not that cheap. Yeah. No, because I mean, it's, it's the most like physical dependent. Can- your body actually becomes yeah. physically dependent on it, and that's when you see like a dope fiend be like, "Yo, I'm sick." Because they don't have the drug in them that right. makes them feel normal. They get mm-hmm. sick. They get nauseous. They throw up. It's the most dangerous. It's a lifelong. It's a, yeah. uh, unless you're willing to kick it, you know, a, a, a holistic way, an alternative way, or just sweat it out and lock yourself in a room for yeah, a few could, days. You and, could and, die and, from it. And, yeah. well, yeah, opiate, opiate withdrawal, you know, can be fatal, you know. But because um, it's 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 a physical it's, addiction, and then, and then or some people go the uh, it's the rampant. Sub- Even in my neighborhood, in back in my back home, it's like the kids around. It's rampant, but and it's it, from it, surgery, right? It's not just not like o- yo, let's take this always. shit, right? It's not, it, it's a pain not always. Not always. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the gateway to a lot of people's addiction is. Is doctors prescri- surgery, are right. irresponsible. Wow. They, they like prescribe candy, it. They used to give it out. Right. It's fucking Holy insane. Shit. And you see all these little, they call them pain clinics, popping up all over the world. They're starting to crack down on them now, which are these very loosely regulated operations where people would drive from Georgia to Florida to go and re-up and, and get, you know, scripts. Oh, yeah. And then sell them on the street for a street value of, So many you know, kids that I've seen that I've, I've watched, they got hooked on that stuff, and then I look at them, and they're, like, literally crossed over, and they're shooting needles in their arms. And if you yeah. get hooked, and then you go the, uh, you go the uh, uh, Suboxone, or you go Methadone, or something like that, that's, that's just... Another addiction. They they wean you off of that. St- you're going to be on it the rest of your life if that's the route you want to go. Wow. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's back, it's back to the day parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Damn man, how did we get there? <laughs> Holy oh, shit, man. that was like we a fucking deep. twenty minute PSA. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Can you like do like the, the more you know little star <laughs> thing that goes across with the rainbow? <laughs> yeah. With scribble, I did notice like for day parties, um, house music has always remained consistent. 
I, I with just, day yeah, parties. I just think it works better at a pool party than hip hop, in my yeah. opinion. It's just the energy is yeah. there. You know, I like I feel like hip hop's in the club. I mean you could definitely do hip hop at a pool party if it's a hip hop pool party, but right. like if you got that when you're in that open format lane, I, it's just <sighs> like house music just works better. Mm-hmm. It's on the beach and the pool and just yeah. day. It's like yeah. that I, energy I'm like I wanna dance, I'm like chilling. Yeah. I don't the, the water splashing and, yeah. and and the problem is it's it's today's hip hop because the tempo was so slow. And the energy so down. What are you gonna do during the day? Just sit around and I'm gonna right. watch you DJ right now. This is so much fun. Oh, wow, this is car we have to sing along to. Can I have another drink, please? Oh, look, it's the new Drake. Oh my God, I'm having a great time. You know, I, I can't do that. Yeah, the day party's too active for that. Right. You got like beautiful women in bikinis. It's like mm-hmm. it's just energy. I don't know. I've, I've seen hip hop work. Yeah, 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 hip hop yeah. does work. Well, it never spot. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. 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 hip hop. Yeah, hip hop can work, but it's like club banging shit, not stripper music. Hip hop. It's funny though, like what, 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 like hip hop. The hip hop that's like there is a lack of hip hop at the day pools in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So like, because it's too slow. Well, I I was hanging out at this one day club. I'm not gonna say the name, but everyone was leaving because they weren't playing hip hop. Mm. So there is this huge it's demographic. A weird, it's a weird like. Uh, tug of war that's going on it with is. what might sound better because of the atmosphere you're in and mm-hmm. what the demand by by the crowd is today uh, you know i mean i don't know but but the clubs are no different clubs there's a lot of clubs songs that are played in clubs that i wouldn't i would certainly wouldn't consider club bangers that that's what all you hear in the clubs right. I, I wouldn't think to play this no, stuff in the clubs, what i'm like i'm like people want to hear this in the clubs. so it's really the same it's kind of the same yeah, thing yeah. I mean, but when did that start? When you started hearing music and you were like, "What? People want to hear this?" Like, lean with it, rock with it. Like Snap around, say that, yeah, uh, yeah, around that. Taffy sits. Yep. Those kind of records still had a bounce to them. And they no, had a dance. No, you're absolutely right. And you could but, dance. But it was even like, like you know, yeah, I mean, but it was different at the time when it first came out. It was because we were used to like. Well, you were still used to boom. Ninety nine BPM. Of course. I'm gonna. And that was like sixty. But, but at least it had the bounce. No, the true. music. Right, 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 now yeah, there's no right. that, that that bounce is even gone. I know. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah. the first time I heard. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, there's gonna be another eight oh eight coming. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I started like hearing shit and not really understanding it was like Future. Oh, that was uh, yeah, I was like, like when I heard <laughs> when I heard like March Madness. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. like some of that shit like uh, and I was just like, yo, this yo, is Future could spit though. Like just so a lot of these guys can spit. Yeah. Just take. Stop hiding behind the autotune. Stop hiding behind the mumbles. Spit some content that's going to make you bounce. Like, there's nothing wrong. I've heard kids rock that style. It's like phrases. They're just like, right. went to the mis- Look, look, look the like him or not, look at Hobson, right? He made that crazy record where he didn't say not one word. But even the hook was dope. Like, did you see that one? Where he's making fun of all the mumble rap? Oh, oh yes. Because Hobson's retarded. He's just saying, Hobson. He's out of L.A. Um, he he did a parody on mumble rap, and he didn't say one. Ago, right? Yeah, he like didn't say one word in the record. Yeah, but the hook was dope, and it, and it made you bounce. Like, but just goes to show you that that's where it's at. Like, mm-hmm. but with, but then I've heard people rock that style. You know what I mean? This new oh, I forgot this kid name. Somebody just sent me this new kid out of Atlanta, doing um doing this style down there, and it, this you know tempo slow, but it was bouncing, and he was spitting fire, no auto tune, no nothing, and it's like okay, that works. You know what I mean? If you want to hit that 808 heavy stuff, just rock it, though. 
Right. Make me want to feel it in my fucking soul, not just sit there and go, what did he just say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't. That's, that's all I'm asking. I have no problem with the trap. I have no problem with it being the way it is and, and yeah, these kids the wanting to hear that style. But just kids, children, listen. <laughs> rapping and having talent rapping is okay. Having substance in the verse, you might like that. You don't have to sound like a fucking mongoloid on everything. No, I'm not. Listen, don't disrespect it because that's no, their not, music. No, but and I can't. Not, and we I'm can't do that. I no, because I used if to do it too. But like I've mongo- learned. No, I've learned. You can't blame I'm them. To, this yeah. is what they like. But what I am trying to say, what I will say, is just evolve it to make it lyrical. Uh, make it more lyrical. Make or it more substance. Understandable. Just, and just like yo, kick that like. But, you know, you know, I cut your T's off and your R's off. And okay, I get that. I don't need to understand that. But then, at least in your verse, rock something. And then go into your... I didn't, un- I didn't understand. I didn't understand when the rapper started rhyming off beat. Like Rich Kid. When it's like it's not sharp. Yeah. And motherfuckers just rhyming off beat. It's right. like, like uh, what's that? The Block Boy JB? Oh, yeah. It sounds like the acapella is it's going correct like a bad blend yeah, or something yeah, like, like that. Yes, like it sounds like a bad like a blend. It sounds like a bad like the acapella is like losing it every time I hear. Uh, and as a DJ, you're probably like yo. Every time I hear Rover, uh-huh. Rover, in a yeah. fucking row. He's Bro. off beat, and then like when I saw him live, I'm like, he's, he's like, so oh, he's on beat. He's, Wait, he's on beat perks, live because he's on the perks and the. Is that lead? what it is? But can't that be fixed by the? Well, I guess in the producers on perks too, so <laughs> he, he doesn't even think to fix it. I want to. I just want to know where that shit was. It. That's yeah. I don't know where that shit started. I want to say it was like Rich Kid not or Famous Rich Kid taking perks. I'm just saying, but that's but that's where it is. It's because, you know. Well, I don't know what it is. Like they just. But, but there's some Eminem songs that he's like that also. No, 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 no. Yeah. Wait, completely <laughs> off. This is, man. Did you he's really just say that? He's rapping. Eminem, Eminem is sharp. He's like, but sometimes he's not even on if beat. he's off beat, but he's yeah, still he's dropping beat, stories. Yeah. No, it's just in that style, and he I falls feel, into yeah. a different pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not off beat. It's a different pocket. He's hitting like the eighth note, like you know what I mean. Like you can't you know, understand Eminem. He's way too over your head. No, I, I I don't know, man. I, I feel don't. I feel bad because I don't want to be I don't like you know you called me out on just I, I'm not trying to hate on I really would love to connect to it. I really <laughs> I, I, I just I just I, I, I would. And I, Eddie, I'm you don't want to connect to it. I sw- Come no, on, listen, <laughs> listen. I was, no, I, I was no, listening listen. to an interview with David Rodigan. <laughs> David Rodigan said, "Listen, a lot of people hate on the new, new music, but listen, older folks, it's not made for you. It's not made for yeah, your generation. Right. I get that. That's cool. But you know what? Neither was doo up." Neither was Motown. I love that shit, mm-hmm. and I gravitate to it, and I'm open to it. I no, love this that is the first genre of hip hop that scared. I don't really like. Well, you, you just like don't I get, we don't get it, right? I think it's we don't. Well, we get don't it. get it for a oh, reason. But what there's things like called the music theory is there for a reason, and pitch and tone. My boy, and uh, I, you know, my, my boy told me this, and it, and it stuck with me. He says, "Yo, if you don't like it and you don't understand why everyone likes it, and that means you don't get it, and you don't get it because you're old." No, but that's not true because there's some songs that come out that I I do get and I do like in that same style, but I can actually understand your articulation and pronunciation of a word. I don't even care if you rhyme at this point. Let me just understand one word, even if it's but or uh or the. Just let me fucking understand (laughs) the fucking word, you fucks. 
Like, I'm not um, sitting there and say you got to be Nas and get all lyrical and, and, you know, metaphorical and, you know, and come out like that and be a lyricist like that. You know, like, you, know, you want to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G rhymes all day long? Fine, but let me just understand you. Let me hear a good, let me hear a good song with some substance in it. Yeah. See, I love Never. the ASAP guys. That that? Oh, I love ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. I love ASAP Rocky. They're amazing. A lot like of the Bird songs coming out, right? Yeah. yeah. Bird's dope, too. Wait, wait, never. Like, a lot of the songs coming out, mm-hmm. do you understand it? Are you into it? Or are you just like, yo, this is popping. I'm playing this shit. And then we start it's, feeling it when the crowd feels it. We're like, oh, shit, this is kind of popping. Yeah. But, I mean, there's new shit. Like, I love Famous Dex. You like, love Famous Dex? Like, that record Japan, I think, is amazing. Uh-huh. Like, the new ASAP shit. Like, Praise the Lord. I love that record. I could play it in the club. Like, at first, maybe not. But, like... Even like Rich the Kid, like YG, all that new shit. Like I love that shit. I love YG. It's like the, the artists you name are like the only the, the only artists I know that you can really understand their but music. But you can yeah. understand their wait, lyrics. Wait, 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 right? What so maybe, maybe I don't understand Rich the Kid. I don't understand what he's saying. Like no? I don't. I think he's like I don't really. I've never been into any of his music. Like, I think I he's, thought New he Freezer was like I. I thought everything he makes is I. But for yeah. the most part, I think the pattern here is just connecting to the lyrics and being able to you know you know understand what they're saying they're just you know because because asap ferg asap rocky um yg this is all music of this generation too yeah i connect to it i i I look forward to playing playing but but none of it is playable Mm -hmm. in the club right now i don't think maybe that's even that new skepta song so you don't do like playing jane in the club i do i do but i'm saying the new asap rocky with skepta yeah, the yeah. Skepta is a dope song. I, you can maybe play it in certain rooms, maybe in New York, just because Harlem and because of ASAP yeah. and stuff. But yeah. yo, it's not. It's not like a club. I, that didn't, hear, I didn't hear it. Uh, Praise the Lord. It's on. It's like the uh, fifth track on the album. It's just. I mean, the album. In but that's a song. Dope, that's a song you're gonna play because you like it. But then you, it becomes a problem because you're like, I gotta get out of it. Yeah. And I have a lot of songs why, like that where why, I want to play it and it becomes a problem. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta get out of why it. Why do you gotta get out of it? Because the crowd's not into it. Or yeah, even like man. like Tay K, but that like he's dope, right? I mean that song is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's young as hell. He's like seventeen, eighteen. He just turned eighteen. Yeah, he, he's in jail. Oh, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> but you can actually, you can actually hear what he's saying. You can actually articulate his lyrics. Okay. And he's young as hell, but his beats are dope. You no, know what he's listen, saying. the That's younger, younger, younger kids that are coming up now, mm-hmm. it's changed a little bit. I've yeah. felt that. That's true. Mr. C just uh, mentioned something on Instagram today, and he said, what, uh, what's his name, uh, Jaden Smith's albums, uh, his records that just came out? Yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, they're both dope. Why aren't they getting any love? You know, they're really good, and they would hold up with anything else People out have there. a hard sniff. time taking him serious because of so, his yeah. pedigree and right. who he yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate, yeah. yeah. It's just... It's like a star athlete who's like kid makes it just like... You know what I mean? Like, you're privileged. So I think people look at him as privileged. Yeah, but he needs to stop doing interviews and saying some of this shit like he's, he's Gandhi. You know? He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He is a bit out there. Yeah. He was talking about the classrooms being like a form of like preparing you for jail. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw that. that. Yeah, oh, I, I saw didn't that. see that. With the bells oh, ringing. Yeah. And like, Bell yeah. rings. This is where you go. Line yeah. up. Get in, you know. Yeah. Head count. What? Shit like that. <laughs> and people were like, oh, Jane Smith is really woke. Like on, yeah, on so <laughs> that, I think people, yeah, you just can't like I don't need like a, a life coach <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't from need to a, be a life coach from a rich kid <laughs> who's like experienced no struggle at all you know what I mean I think who's he had like a mental breakdown on a private jet one time <laughs> like and, me, was, and I thought that was like hilarious. me telling somebody how to do their hair yeah you're, like, you're having a you're having a mental breakdown on a private jet right now and you're Instagram storing it it was like crazy I thought it was nuts I was like get the fuck out of here <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but back to young black teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, there's one. I mean, there's a there's a few things I want to talk about and I want to bring up, and uh, and uh, one of them is like MTV, mm-hmm. and that was yeah incredibly incredibly epic, and I remember the spring break joints. I feel like this is inside the actor's studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite word? <laughs> um, so the spring the the spring break MTVs were insane i remember being glued because i would i would see like tropical quest perform i would see crazy shit like that and mm-hmm. i don't know I, ca- I can't even imagine what was going on and the chaos that was there's going still, on when you were doing i have it. to wait for a few more people to die to tell that story <laughs> <laughs> you know it was great you know no all kidding aside i mean like you said today about content you know now scandals and this and that it's like cool to be all apart you know, we didn't kiss and tell. We didn't do. Yeah, we we all had a very good time, and the people that were involved had a good time. Uh, that's not acceptable. I no, it is acceptable. No, it's that's not acceptable. I'm old school, son. <laughs> Listen to me. We got we got. It was spring break. We got nuts. But you know, we didn't sit there and go Instagram it right after. Like right. you know, that was just didn't do that. How, how did you link up with MTV? How did that happen? How was what? How did you link up with MTV? How did that? I did was doing your MTV raps with Dre and Ed. You know, the last few episodes. And then how I got on MTV was Negril 98 with Brandy and Jay-Z and NSYNC um, doing the grind. And um, they let me loose with my records. No playlist, no nothing. And I did the grind. And then I did my good times routine. Um, And then from there, it was like Charlie went and like infiltrated Jerry Springer. And then they put me on the Jerry Springer show on that same trip. And then I did the I Peter remember. Piper routine. Yep. And then, or did I do Run's House? I don't remember. And then um, from there, it was it. Then it was like, whenever they needed music, can we get Scribble? Can we get Scribble? And then uh, I got a phone call from Charlie, and I'll never forget this. And this was um, summer of 98 at the Jersey Shore. Um, we got you your own show. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on my own show on MTV? Yeah, it's... Um, called the daily burn i'm like oh what is it like what am i gonna burn up everything i gotta, gotta be real hot on the set gonna, he's like um no it's um an exercise show i was like come again he's like yeah you're gonna be the dj while everybody exercises at like 8 30 in the morning i said what like are you i said are you like you trying to ruin my career right now like what do you I, he's like just do it and i did and then from there Oh, I have another Funk Master Flex story. And then from there, um, I got MTV Jams. But how I got MTV Jams well, was... Well, how did Daily Burn go? It was, it it was it one do of well? the like, top shows on the air. We ended up doing that. a home DVD and you we ended up before doing... before you go to school. Yeah, right? we ended like, up doing... I remember, I remember that show. Morning yeah, yeah. shows. And it was yeah. that dude, Eric Cortez or something? No, Eric, Eric, Eric Nice. No, Eric Nice was the grind. Oh, that was the grind, yeah. It was... Oh, I forgot her name. It was two... Dan Cortez? No, it was Dan Cortez. It was... It was two fitness things. You're an idiot. So anyway, that ended, and then um, wait. So that did well, very well. We did a home DVD. Is and it everything. because they had like chicks in bikinis yeah. working out? And, and I was shit. playing good music, and yeah. it was the first time before anything. Another first, like you really married music to your workout. You know that was back so in '98. So you was on your own TV raps, right? When mm-hmm. the first time you got on like a few of those episodes, mm-hmm. did you see a, like your career propel or like? Were you getting... I had that local celebrity status at that point. You know, mm-hmm. don't forget, you still had Jam on the Groove that I was doing off-Broadway. 
and then I did the on Broadway show with Bill Irwin, and then I went overseas to um, Israel for a month, to Brazil for a month to do Jam on the Groove over there. So I was doing a lot of my rock steady b boy shit too at that point, you know, because I was a rock steady DJ. So I was doing oh, a shit. I didn't know that. So I was doing well, I still I'm a rock steady DJ, but I'm still, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff with that, you know, and that kept me busy, you know, and. Um, and then, um, you know, then I was on the morning show, too, with, with Dre and Edge. Traffic you know, Jam. Um, yeah. You know, and that's mm -hmm. how Traffic Jam started and everything else. Can we do a roll call? <laughs> <laughs> so so when, when, when MTV Jams came up with Tyrese, it originally was going to Flex. He was the original. I'm just bugging out because you're, you're saying all of these things and you're saying it so nonchalantly. You know what I mean? What and do I want to. I don't know. Like it's just. I want to. Oh. I want to know more. You're so, just like, so, you know, so Flex was supposed. I'm like to asking him like about this, and he's just like, I, I went. I woke up this morning. I went. I got a bagel. <laughs> I pick up the paper. <laughs> Took a shit. And, and DJ like, yeah, for Big Daddy came like, here. Morning show at Hot 97. Yeah. <laughs> you're just listing shit off like you're going grocery shopping. I, I mean, yeah. It was. I mean, I was. I was. DJing for Biggie at one point, going around with Mark Pitts and Puff when I was at Hot 97 before wow, Big's man. album wow, even man. came out, doing unbelievable over Mad Lion beats at Checkers restaurant, at Checkers fast food restaurants wow. Wow. in the parking Holy lot. Shit. Yeah, with I Big. Mean, how was that? It was amazing. Oh, how was it? I mean, listen, I was on tour with Tupac when he was still roadieing for Digital Underground, oh, young shit. black teenagers, and and us. Wow. I mean, uh, us and uh, Digital Underground and Tupac was still, you know, we was smoking blunts with him every night. Yeah, <laughs> man. So you said well, your Funk was supposed to get that gig. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Flex was, uh, Flex was going to do it, and he said to him, he turned it down, uh -huh. saying that Tyrese wasn't street enough for him to <laughs> do the show. Wow. Okay. And then MTV Jams had just as big a ratings as your MTV Raps, because we kind of took over for your MTV Raps. And then that show ran five years. And then from there, I was doing that. I did the day. I did um, the you know what the Cindy Global Groove. Oh, well, Cindy Margolis. <laughs> I did that on CBS. Yeah. Wait, were you getting a good check from MTV? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. So it's not like radio, where radio you're getting. No, back then every even radio back then you got a good check. Really? Yeah. You do a remix, you would get a good check. There was money and all that stuff. You know, wow. it's, you know. Remixes, everything. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean it was you know I mean that's how traffic jams got made because I mean this is when the Fujis were at the top of the thing. Who gets Lauren Hill, Praz and and Wyclef all separate yeah. on the same album? Yeah. With their own songs. Yeah. For free. Yeah, you it was like you, basically like the, you worked on the Wycliffe album. Right? I worked the on the Carnival, one? and I worked Carnival, on yeah. and I worked on the score. I did the, all oh, the scratches shit, on the really? score as well. Yeah, oh, shit, mm -hmm. man, shit. No, I didn't even know. That. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, I met God. how I met them. Like they told me they wanted me to go to to, to the Booker Basement in Jersey, and uh, they brought me over to listen to the album, mm -hmm. you know, the score, and that's how I started doing because they wanted me to do the cuts. Yeah. So uh, I'm sitting there with Lauren and, and Praz and, and Clef, and we're in the basement, and um, they play Killing Me Softly. And I remember, I'll never forget it, I just literally stopped it and I looked at the three of them. I'm like, do you have any idea what's about to happen to the three of you right now? Really? After hearing that, you know, and I heard it mm -hmm. way before anybody and, and, you know, look at the success they you all knew, had. You knew, right? As soon as you heard it. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, just the whole album was retarded. You know, because remember, they had the album previously, and it wasn't this. Like, it was, this was just like. It flopped. This was just like. That Salam Vimi single, Vimits, to Nappy Sounds. Oh, Nappy Heads? Nappy Heads. Oh, he did Vocab. But Vocab was a good follow-up. It was like a good promise that, yo, these guys are talented. They were very talented. They just had the wrong producers on that album. And then when Score came, it was just like. 
banger after oh, banger. Yeah. What, what banger. was it on the first album that they wouldn't let Wyclef produce it, or what? what? I, I don't, I don't know the story behind that, but I mean, Clef it was too boom bap, yeah, right? Too boom bap. It sounded like something uh, like Double X Posse or some some shit like that, and they were on some other alternative. Whatever. It's no different than. Oh my god. What the name? Oh, I really, Scott? You're, you're not even giving me a fuck. Fergie, um, what's his name? In my Black, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Wow, really, Scott? Really? You just uh, Maybe I'm getting Alzheimer's. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> like, you know, like a lot of their early stuff was very right, different. Joints and jam. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Than what their, their pop stuff was. Right, they did you know? the thing yeah. with Justin Timberlake, and that made them a pop group. That Where is the Love, and then no, they brought and, and they added Fergie to the group. And right, when they added Sex Appeal, she was great. There was great chemistry. But they did dope shit, though. I mean, Weekends. Yeah. With Estero yeah. and uh, you know Joints and Jam. Mm-hmm. I mean that Fuji's album was huge in LA. When I was huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, listen, that. guys, I have stories for days. I mean, when, when Cube first left NWA, I was in the studio with him and Jinx every night when he was doing America's oh, Most shit. Wanted. Yeah, I was in Green Street every because we were working on our stuff. Shit. I was in Jesus. that studio for Bell Biv this whole album because of Bomb Squad. So I was wow. around for all that stuff. <laughs> Used to drive Ice Cube around, getting to go to the stores. I mean, we all, you know, we were kids. Damn, man. So I witnessed all of that shit. You know, that's what I said. I'm very... And a lot of people don't realize how deep my history in hip-hop is. Like, they see me on MTV and think I'm just this mainstream kid, you know, and they're like, oh, you were the first Pauly D. What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like... You know, it's like... The first Pauly D. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I've had people say that, and I'm like, I, I, I'm no, but but you were. I remember, and never correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like, you know how Eminem was is to rappers and hip hop. I you became were, middle stream, mainstream America. I was in every yeah. household across the. No, but like teen magazines we, and stuff like we, that. If we ever said like, yo, amazing, like, yeah. yo, like the baddest YDG I, I've ever seen in Scribble, we would all say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then even when I was coming up, I'm gonna be like, yo, I'm gonna be the baddest Asian DJ. You know, like. <laughs> I'm gonna be like scribble on some like Asian shit, but, you know but, what I mean? But, but, but when I got there, it's like people like some people automatically think that that's I just materialized on MTV and didn't realize all that back history from the teenagers on up, mm-hmm. you know, and and that history of of my roots in in hip hop and what I've done, you know, from you know with the Rocksteady Crews and this and that and all this stuff like that and just. You know, it's it's taken me, and like that's why I think I'm still here today, and I'm still able to do that because I've been able to maintain that how deep I am in my roots, and like you said, but relationships, and then like this resurgence of my name, you know, especially because of the MTV Rap Show in the lane I belong in. You know what I mean? Because there was a time where I was like, yo, you know, it's like I just want to play house music. I just want to do this. I want to play this. I want to do that. You know, and I like I lost track of where I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I started to lose focus on what i knew i was who i was to people and fans were like well why are you playing like this now you know what i mean because i was looking for my evolution as a dj you know but i know my lane and i know and that's why i've been able to separate the two again and and now they're both working again and that's the most important thing and that's why the bookings are coming back up and my name is on everybody's mind i'm still the same fucking dj i was in fucking 1998 when i got on mtv yeah you know what i mean i'm still gonna fucking come into it's your like room a- and shake the fucking building that's what i do it's just a rebrand almost yeah. it's pretty much just rebranding yeah that's crazy and then uh like i i hit like a weird stage where i i finally was like I'd be at this point in my career. I'd be like at this point with, uh, you know, with with my other businesses and stuff like that. And then you realize, like, 
damn, am I supposed to make any changes? What do, you know what I mean? Did you go through that? At yeah, all? absolutely. I have. I still do every day. You know what I mean? It's 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 what I've learned and what is you know when when you when you when you hit that peak and pinnacle and like you said you fall down a little bit mm -hmm. it makes you realize and refocus and set and, and and just recalibrate and it humbles you and recalibrates you i love you know i posted something a while ago and it's like these two ladies like running like you know and they think they got the race one and then there's this third lady that came up from behind right behind them. when you get comfortable and you think you're untouchable and you stop you know and that's that happened to me. I got comfortable. Right. I did. I was making stupid. I, I think that happens to. Everyone. It happens to everybody. Definitely, it's how you yeah. handle it. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously, I have a family now. I have three kids. Like more, you know. So this, this, my focuses and priorities have changed a lot. You know, and what matters to me and what's most important to me. And knowing that I still got to put my little five-year-old through college. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to rebrand myself and re and re, you know, invent myself constantly because I don't want to go get a nine-to-five. This is who I am. I'm, my value to whether it's an event or DJing or you know producing or making music or whatever it is, I know how this show, this Yom TV rap show, re because you know you start getting other people too telling you, oh, you know, it's all right, you had a great time, you did a great because they see you kind of like struggling a little bit. Not yeah, that yeah. I was struggling, but like they see it slowed down. It's like you know, dude, you're gonna be 50. You've been doing it so long, and I'm like, you start second guessing that, like, well, you know. Maybe they're right. Maybe I should start looking to do something else, and maybe this is over. Maybe right. And doing that show, pff, you ain't gonna tell me I ain't. Um, I will fuck you up. You right. know what I mean? Like this is it. Like I. It made me re. It made me believe in myself again because for mm -hmm. a minute I stopped believing in myself because you have all these other people coming at you, and then you start second guessing your gut. And when you start doing that, and you make that's when you start making the wrong decisions, and you start making decisions uh, based off of someone else's opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that brought me to where I was was not listening to people and taking risks. Calculate now I'll take a calculated risk more because I have family. Right. Before that, when you're young, you're single, take all the fucking risks you want. Jump off that building if you can make it to the other side and think you made it. Take that chance. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so same thing with me, you know, nobody believed in two seconds that we were going to pull this show off at the Barclays Center, let alone one person trying to do it all. Right. Yeah. And that proved to me that I've, I'm a force to be reckoned with. Don't fuck with me. Good. Yeah. That was fuck. amazing. <laughs> Confidence is back up. <laughs> no, but I'm, but no, I'm I don't kidding. mean it like I'm that. Kidding. I don't mean it like that. Yeah, but that's in my, that's, that's me to myself. Because everybody probably just heard that too. But that's me. That's me to myself. Yeah. You know, in my, what I say to myself, but I'm still that same humble kid from Queens that still lives, breathes and dies for this music Absolutely. and DJ. Oh, I can vouch for that. And will help and wear his heart on his sleeve and help anybody I can. That's I what I do. With all that humility, can we get one story from the MTV Spring Break? One crazy, some, some crazy shit that <laughs> Come happened. Come on, Squid. You gotta one give shit. us one. Come on. There's I'm not so gonna, many. That won't get you in trouble. You know what, man? The nerve of him to come on on <laughs> the show and then to say like, it's not gonna be a spicy. It's not gonna be a time. That's it. What? It's not gonna be as spicy is what you think, but this is a good one. So we, you know, we used to pretty much set stage ourselves down in Cancun for like six to eight weeks because I would just do all my spring break runs from there. Mm -hmm. So, but our main place was there. So George, my road manager at the time, 
he was out to like nine, ten in the morning. God knows what he was doing. He's all banged up, whatever. He leaves like so. At that time, when I was doing hip hop, all my house stuff was on CDs. You know what I mean? So I had a lot of how unreleased, like cool. So I had these two big CD books that I used to carry with me everywhere. So um, we're getting packing up. We're getting ready to leave um, Cancun, and I get in the cab and we're going. I'm like, Yo, where 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 are the CD books? He's like. And he left them in a cab. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in Cancun. Every cab looks exactly the same. Right. There's about yeah. 5,000 cabs. And I was like, I'm not leaving this fucking island until you find my fucking CD books. Like, I don't care if you have to go knock on every... Like, that was like... I was like right. freaking out. But we had... I, I literally canceled the show that we had to go to because I wasn't leaving Cancun. Was we had so bomb? much power at that time in Mexico. <laughs> like, we would literally walk into immigration and they would know me. They would have go in. This is a different time back then. But so we also knew certain people down there and they put out a word on the street and I put out a reward on the street, you know, for two days. How much was the reward? 500 for two days. So I, and, and with all the cabs and th that are around there and everything, would you know it that we got a phone call? We had the CD books, some, but they were so afraid because they thought it was some, you know, other shit that, yeah. that was they were going to get in trouble because they had them. And um, they sent some like eight year old little kid. <laughs> In the middle, I, I kid you not, in the middle of, like, the worst neighborhood in, like, downtown Cancun, like, and he's sitting there, like, the books are almost as big as him, and he's, like, sitting there shaking, and I go to walk up to him to give him the money, and he looked at me, and he looked at me, like, with horror, drops the CD books, and just runs the other way. He didn't no. take the money? He didn't take the money. I wanted to give it to him. Holy I would have gave it to him, shit. but yeah. I remember that. You just told me that story remember recently. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. What the other stories I got away from people. Huh? What were you supposed Laboom. to do? The boom, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. It was so crazy down there. Oh, we, so I mean, listen, we would. It was like a New York takeover. Yeah, we you know, we really well, ran it down there. I mean, it was so it was much. The same fun. thing with like here in Vegas back then. It was my first was time traveling time. outside of the United States, and I went for twenty four hours. I think I flew out with Johnny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, I mean, think about it. You had MTV down there. You had everybody from Carmen Electra and Snoop. I mean, you know, one of the. It was really what was really cool was going through the MTV archives um, to put, produce the show. Mm -hmm. I came across this B-roll. It says Scribble Eminem. I'm like, the hell is this? So it's an hour and a half long footage of me DJing in the boom in '99 when Eminem performed, and I have the whole performance wow. also. Wow. So yeah, I got man. to catch that. Yeah, that doesn't even exist, bro. That shit is crazy. Oh, but yeah, I mean, it was like, it, it was it was just an experience like. Back then, spring break was just a whole different... Now we call it Mancoon. Because nobody... I'm not letting my daughter go to Cancun. She'll never <laughs> fucking see the edge of Mexico without me being with her. Because I know what kind of degenerate I was. You know what I mean? So, And I was a degenerate. We all were. I will say that. But we had a lot of fun down there. I mean, I, I mean that whole point in time from like 98 to before I got married, it was... It was, you know, we had a good time. <laughs> we didn't get some time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I had man. some interesting times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swear I was going to get some dirt or something, man. Nah, <laughs> see, I come from that. that now, I don't know. And you know what? And those same people that know, they will never spill the beans either. You go to the debt. The de we, we had it. We had fun. And nobody else needs to know about it. What was, like, the biggest, like, what was the biggest records when you were doing, when you were doing that shit down there? Like, what, what was popping there? I'm, I'm trying to remember. So many, like, I, mean, all, I mean, like, all the Biggie, Bad Boy? Yeah, all yeah. the Bad Boy stuff. Everything was happening around there. Where, you know? where were we talking? Like, 97, 98? Yeah. Around there? Yeah. Fuck, man. It was just, yeah. And then, again, it was the same kind of thing. My record was, thir my record was 13 hours in the boom. 
And then I went straight to the set of 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 uh, Young TV Jams, and I shot eight shows. Wow. Yeah. How was it working with MTV and shit? Where then it was, it was great. You, you know you, what was great about MTV then? You seemed was, like the go-to guy. For well, anything came. It was like because it was you know you need music. Get, oh, okay. Wow. We've been talking that long. Yeah. You need music. Get scribble. You know, I ended up. I was on like four or five shows simultaneously, where it almost became. It was. It was annoying. Like I was oversaturated on the channel at one point, mm -hmm. but I mean, listen, I didn't complain because I was out, you know, doing 300 shows a year, you know, right. at that point, you know. But um, just being around a, that crew at that point in time, it was before all the corporate and the logistics started with the music because I used mm -hmm. to be able to play what I wanted, and then it was like you could play whatever you want, but you can't play anything from the Sony catalog. Or you could play whatever you want, but now you can only play for a minute of this record, and, a, and oh, then it wow. started to be like where. Because of the clearances and how much, well, because of clearances, yeah, you know, and, and sync licensing and, you know, because people wanted to get paid for when you play your stuff on TV. Before that, it really didn't happen like that. You just yeah. did what you wanted. It was good you know what? I wanted to ask you about your Traffic Jam album, the first one. You had, like, every major hip-hop artist at the time. Mm -hmm. How was you able to get them I to was on the morning show with Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. We were on the number one morning show in New York, so mm -hmm. it was, like, whatever I needed. And you didn't have to pay them, right? That's crazy, yeah. I think I paid Buster. And that That's was your question, yeah. I think so, yeah. That was payback for, for <laughs> trying to take that name. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else did it love. I mean, for love. I mean, you know, it was. It was I had Run on there yeah, in the first yeah. one. I it had, was like like hip hop dub plates, like like you know what I mean. Yeah. It was just like all special. It's a shame because like, Hurricane yeah. Sandy took all of that from me. I yeah. heard about that. I yeah, lost, so I, well, I lost every Eddie piece of vinyl, you. every piece of vinyl I ever owned, and then um, all my two-inch masters from Traffic Jams, from the Young Black Teenagers, Holy all the shit. all the big pun, all the stuff I produced. Bye bye. Damn, Ganso. But I gotta go. Oh shit! I gotta play to yeah. catch. We've been talking oh, about man. it. Yeah, it goes fast. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Scribble. Thank you so yeah, much, man. Thank, thank you so you. much for coming here, man. Having me, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you, Eddie. Oh, thank yeah. you, Eddie. Thank you. Eddie. Oh, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun, man. Uh, you know I love being here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>